Wow, you recorded one. Beautiful Jamie. <laughs> and my fucking laptop is on. This is my real <clears throat> laptop, folks. You know, It's not like we have a dedicated laptop in the studio. I actually use this laptop on the road. It's not just here. This laptop is mine. It's very important to me, Tom. Thanks for warning me about the werewolf in the in the <laughs> lobby. It scared the shit out of me when I came in. Was, Did that thing make you shit your pants? It was eyeballing me. Speaking of shit in your pants. I didn't tell you that it was there? No. Jamie, tell them, <laughs> the, tell them about the law. Tell them about the law of shit in your pants. You were, you were reading me. Oh, uh, there's a headline here that says, um, let me see, San Francisco just... Uh, San Pass Francisco finally able to ban people who shit on their subway. <laughs> they finally can ban people before it was like considered okay. San Francisco is a beautiful place. It's a very unusual place. Just go into that corner. It's so somewhere. it's important for a place like San Francisco to exist to be that far off the left wing trail. It's very you know what's interesting it's about balance. It? They're really conservative up there. They're just conservative liberals. Yeah, that, you know that's I mean? very well put. They're that's unbending. Very well put. You know exactly what they yeah. think on every issue. This uh, this episode of the Joe Rogan Experience podcast is brought to you by Squarespace.com. Uh, I don't know if Squarespace is in San Francisco, but a lot of smart motherfuckers are. A lot of smart dudes up there. Oh, yeah. Brilliant. Really? Well, they got Sunnyvale right near there with all the techno people. Yeah, Atherton and all that. Uh, Squarespace is um, a website building website. If you've ever thought about starting your own website just just to fucking write shit down just to create a blog just for fun just to you know whatever you know make a website with pictures of you and your friends start a business if you wanted to do that squarespace is like one of the easiest ways to do it unlike in the past where you had to like get to know a program and like learn dreamweaver or actually try to code it yourself with html which is so beyond my grasp i don't even i wouldn't even think about attempting to do that i know how stupid i am but with Squarespace, you can do it, and it's pretty easy. And there's a bunch of different cool designs, and you don't have to even pay to try it out. If you go to squarespace.com forward slash Joe, you don't need to give them any credit card. Just go and check it out. And if you want to use it, then you use the code name Joe. And what is it now? It's five. It's fucking May. May. Joe five. So that's one word. It's Joe and the number five together. So squarespace.com forward slash Joe and the offer code is Joe5. It's a really cool website building um, machine, really. It's, it makes it so much easier than back in the Dizay. And you can make like a really competent site and you can build an online store like super easy to do. So go check it out, you fucks. Got through it. That was good. Do you like that? I threw that angry part at the end. It made me legit. It was a good pitch. Like, even though I'm selling them something. <laughs> you, got, you got ghetto on them. I got to get my street cred back. Bitch. That's what it is. Yeah. You know, folks, there's a certain amount of grossness in selling anything, and I will absolutely admit that. There's a certain amount of grossness in saying the same thing over and over again. Go to Ting, and Ting's a cool company. And Yeah, but at least you don't sell shit you don't believe in. That is true. Um, and if I'm wrong about any of this stuff, I'll let you know as well. Like, what if... Ting turned out to be evil. You know, Ting was a secret branch of the government designed to get you more happy with your phone. People were getting discontent. So Ting came along with a better deal. Calm everybody down. It's another conspiracy. Tom, we need people on the phone. We need them on the phone all the time, man. Let's make it cheaper. Come on, let's make it cheaper. Have you ever met anybody through uh, – well, you wouldn't have to. You've been – 
it was somebody, but the idea, like, because I saw from online, black you, people meet black people. They have one commercial. Did you see that? No. What is this? It's just black, <laughs> a place for black people to meet black people. Like, like a website? Like they're so hard. Why don't you just go to a black neighborhood? Go to a bar. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, well, they have a website. Well, if that's, you know, nothing wrong with being specific, yeah. you know? I mean, if can't you can't imagine Italians meeting Italians. <laughs> hey, Antoinette. You don't think so? There's got to be an Italian's looking for Italian's website. There's got to be. Yeah, it's like J-Date. Yeah, because Italians love other Italians. I never, oh, my I God. I've never been out with an Italian girl. Oh, they're the worst. They're the best and the worst. I'd be related they're to them. They're savages sexually. They're fucking animals. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. They're fucking beasts. They're, they're like, they're, yeah, they're savages. They're savages. I but like this, the two, I, I, you know, I, I like a girl who's not like me. <laughs> you know, I used to like. Yeah, you used to say she's a good kid. <laughs> she's a good kid. I, a, but the last Italian girlfriend I had, she's like, she's like likely to swing at me. You know, really? she would get crazy. Yeah. Yeah. That's what my friend said to me about it. He said, I'd never cheat on my wife. I'd be afraid she'd stab me in the neck. When I was asleep. Yeah. This girl liked to yell. <laughs> So I didn't, stupid. I had an Italian girlfriend. The last that was the last one. I was like, before That's I met it. you though. Yeah, I was like, I think I was twenty one. She was a great kid, I mean, beautiful person, but they're just wild. They're you keep wild. in touch with her? No, I do not. <laughs> no, I do not. Just testing you. Uh, Ting is the other podcast sponsor. Uh, Ting is a cell phone company that uses the Sprint backbone, and um, what it does is they they have it set up so there's no contract, so you can quit anytime you want. You buy the phones. The phones that they sell are the best Android phones available. They have all the high-end Android devices, including the Samsung Galaxy Note 2, which is this crazy fucking phone. If you've never seen this thing before, it's, it is it is preposterous. It's a gigantic, preposterous phone. It's What's the one that starts your car and all that? <laughs> is, there, that is there one that does yeah, that I yet? Saw it last night. It, no. starts, it's, it sets the climate in the car, like if it's That's cold out. so ridiculous. It starts your fucking car. How is that possible? Is that really possible? Yeah. An app that starts your car? Oh, oh yeah. yeah, because there's they had that, those remotes for a while. Oh they, they would do it like in cold, like in Montreal, cold places. Tom Herrera, I'm not ready for this yet. Joe, I'm not ready for apps to start your fucking car. I'm yeah. not ready for that. That's too much. The car for me. pulls up. Get in, Joe. Jesus, You're that's late. coming. That's that's Google Cars. They're doing that already, Dom. They already yeah. have these remote control cars that they drive around the city and they drive themselves. They react to Isn't cars cool? coming at them. They haven't even been getting in accidents. It's nuts. It's fucking nuts. I, I still wouldn't trust it. I, well, I can't imagine sitting in the back seat with my car driving itself. There are a lot of fucking assholes out there, Dom, that drive cars. There's a lot of fucking assholes. I saw some kid the other day just weaving in and out of traffic, speeding. He was flying past people. And like a real, like, there was a lot of cars there. Well, he just was in the wrong place at the right time. You know, he was doing the wrong thing at the right time. There was no cops anywhere by him. But with the way he was driving was like really crazy aggressive, like cutting people off and racing in front of them. It was dangerous. Like he was like he was cutting like random strangers like off, like barely missing their car. It was kind of maniacal to watch. Yeah. Like every now and then you just get a person like that. It's just really crazy. I read an article about teenagers that their brains aren't fully developed. And there's a reason they get in so many accidents because their perception and their reactions are good physically, but they make the wrong choices. Terrible choices. Yeah. I was a terrible driver when I was a teenager. Oh, I'm a terrible driver now. <laughs> you see me drive? Don't even watch me pull out. Would you be happy if Google came along with something where you could say, take me home and the fucking robot car oh, yeah. takes you home? That's coming. 
You mind, mind if I open up a six-pack? I would definitely. <laughs> now, if you're drinking and driving and you're not, your car's driving itself, can you still get arrested? It's a very good question because you would have to – it would have to know for sure you know where you're going. Right. No, you know, it wouldn't – you couldn't tell it to, hey, go fucking – driving the wrong lane of this street. I mean, yeah. there would have to be well, some it, sort of... It would have to have a, 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 a thing that said it couldn't do yeah. that. Yeah. So there would, then it would have thing. to be, how does it know when there's a light that turns green? How does it know when there's a light that turns red? And it's going to have to like be prug- plugged into the whole system. There's going to be have to be... You know, if you really think about it, it's going to have to be like a Wi-Fi network or something everywhere that controls these cars. Mm-hmm. I mean, they would have to have like real control. To, to let a car go and just drive around with no person touching the, the handles and, and make sure that it stays on path. Yeah. Wow. I would think that would be really hard to That'd pull be hard off. hard to trust. I mean, I don't know how you're controlling it. I don't understand what's how's it getting to it. It's got to get there from it's a, a cell phone. So there's got to be some sort of a signal that's reaching the car, unless the car is just a robot, yeah, a self-sufficient robot, which is even crazier. That means no one's controlling it. That means it just goes on, it, you know, what it knows about what's in front of it with radar or whatever it's using, sonar. I don't know what it's using. Whoo, that's crazy. That's kind of nuts. Yeah, I think. Uh, and if that happens, that's an app. So you get the fucking take down Marrera home app <laughs> and you press that on your phone and your fucking car just drives you home. Why is that so weird to me? Of course that's coming, right? Take me home. Are you hungry? That's take all coming, isn't it? It's coming. It's coming. It's, it's coming. amazing how technology has advanced so much in the last five years. It's madness, Don Marrera. Madness. We have panic attacks if we forget our cell phone now. I have a panic attack if I forget my cell phone. Yeah, and you know it's it's so valuable for finding shit out. It's so valuable for like going on websites. Nobody has and, to read anymore because they can get the the answers at their fingertips. Yes, like, well, it's not that you don't have to read, but man, information is flowing so much quicker now. Like if you you had a question before Google, it'd be like a really hard thing to do to research the question. And there was like a lot of people who developed some really good bullshit arguments back in those days, and uh, <laughs> they don't hold up anymore yeah. because of Google, Wikipedia. You know? He's not necessarily always right. So yeah. that's the only thing you ever hear in the argument. Yeah, there's always a yeah. That's a that's a big one. People love to say that. There's a, but there's always going to be people downplaying it. But the bottom line is, it's no one knows everything. It's impossible, and you can find it's more yeah. more things because of this. Like this is amazing. Like this is a great time to be alive. This is your phone. You fucking pick up your phone and you talk to it <laughs> and tell it to go to yeah. websites for you. I mean, this is where we live. You ever use that Google Voice? Oh, yeah. You mean- it's the shit. You press it and you say Dom Herrera and it'll go right to your website. Blip, pulls oh, up Dom I like Herrera. The, I like the one where you go call call Joe. Oh, yeah. That's great, just, too. Boom. Yeah. Yeah. They, call um, Joe. Yeah. They, almost all of them uh, also have uh, the ability to uh, read text so you can, you can talk to it that's and it'll it. write shit down for yeah. you. Which is a really helpful. Like, you ever use that um, that note thing on the iPhone? Uh, yeah. Oh, it's beautiful. You can talk to it, Dom. Yeah, yeah. Like, I can press this button and say, Dom Irera is a bad motherfucker. And it literally will say, Dom Irera is a bad motherfucker. It's I amazing. Try- I was trying to get a porn this morning. Oh, you said it was uh, on your phone? No, no, uh, at, on a direct, direct TV. And it was because it was cougars seeking kittens. <laughs> which, which I don't know. I find very erotic, like the older women that like young girls. Really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so look, that's and, so and the, nasty. And the fucking thing wouldn't listen to my phone number. 
I, I kept saying 694. She goes, 695. And then I'm getting yeah. mad at the fucking computer. I go, will you, will you open up your fucking ears? <laughs> Six, 694, you fucking douchebag. <laughs> this is what you get for trying to buy porn. I know. Why are you trying to buy porn? It was super specific. Yeah, and I just, I'm just i too lazy to, to download it and shit. I hear you. It's always much easier to use that credit card. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> Because they uh, just send it to your bill. You don't even have to, you have to read the letters. Go to rogan.ting.com and save 25 bucks. It's a credit. What is Ting, Joe? It. It's a cell phone company oh. with no contracts. I like the no contracts thing because that's another Beautiful. commitment in life I'd rather not make. Why do you need it for cell phones? That always bugs me. That's a, it's a gross one. And they keep adding a couple of years every time you take it back. to Motherfuckers. Those motherfuckers, Don Marrera. Ting doesn't do that. It's a conspiracy. They thing. also – they save you money on uh, the bill by if you don't use – like if you use under your minutes, they credit you the difference on your next bill. They bump you down to a lower level and they credit you the difference. So it's an awesome company. They're great. Uh, check them out. Um, Onnit.com is our last sponsor. If you go, uh, go to O-N-N-I-T. If you haven't been there in a while, there's a lot of new shit, especially in the strength and conditioning um, department. We have these primal bells now, which are insane. They're the, the coolest fucking kettlebell in the history of the universe. Um, we uh, had the idea of doing kettlebells with uh, these evil chimpanzee faces on them. And this, uh, <laughs> this chimpanzee's face. Can you pull that face up, Jamie? This chimpanzee's face. It just looks like he's about to fucking kill you. Can you see it? Oh, I see it. I, I love that thing. Because I, when I work out with it, I pretend that I'd have to fight that thing to the death. That's what I do when I work out. It, it puts is. the fear of God into you. It, well, it's amazing <laughs> how much stronger they are than us. Oh, it's not even – we're so silly because they look kind of the same size as us. Yeah. So you get super confused. Yeah. But we are made out of jello. Okay, and that, and that thing is corded steel. The chimpanzees are stupid strong. Like, we can't even get it around our head. It's, it would be so strong that once it grabbed a hold of you, you would feel so helpless. You'd feel so helpless. A 150-pound chimp is like a 500-pound man. Remember the one that ate that woman's face? Oh, Jesus Christ. Dumb. They're so terrifying, these fucking things. So, to have one as a kettlebell is the shit, son. And it's only 36 pounds, and you're like, Joe Rogan, I ain't no pussy. And I'm like, dude, I didn't say you were. But the reality is I have a workout for you uh, that will work with that 135-pound kettlebell. I guarantee you it will kick your ass. It's the Extreme Kettlebell Cardio DVD. We sell it on uh, onit.com, and we have the new one, Extreme Kettlebell 2, which I haven't done yet. But I'm sure it's awesome. That guy, uh, Keith Weber, is a bad motherfucker. And um, it's a great way to, like, you force yourself to just keep up with him. Just force yourself to do what he's doing, and it'll just kick your fucking ass. See, I'm built like that under my present body. I know, Damarera. You're in there. It's in there. It's right underneath my layer. We're going to get you uh, using a fucking medicine ball, doing some bodyweight squats, Damarera, eating healthy. Cheers to that. Cheers. Cheers. (laughs) Cheers. Talking healthy, drinking beer, ladies and gentlemen. That's that Deschutes Brewery, Black Butte Porter. That stuff's the shit. I said, I said Black Butt. Black Butt. Fucking stupid. How dare you? (laughs) (laughs) But it's basically, it should be like Butt, T-T-E. Why is that Butte? Why is it Butte? I don't know. Why is Houston Street 
not called Houston Street. That's you know? a good fucking question, goddammit. I got questions as well. I've got a lot of observations like other comedians, only mine aren't funny. <laughs> They're just observations. Someday I'm going to upgrade them. We are going to end this commercial right here and now. This is a commercial? Yeah. For, for the kettle, like kettlebells? That. For everything. For life. So it was ting, kettlebells? On it is, on it is for life, Dom Herrera. Yo, that might be the douchiest shit I've ever said in my life. <laughs> on it is for life? <laughs> on it's for life, man. Nah, if you were starting a cult, that's how you would say it. But the reality is... You have a cult. This is a, a podcast, okay? This is... Uh, we're selling f- healthy food. That's all, Dom You Herrera. have a cult, though. This is not, but this is not, not, but has have, nothing to do with it. You have a following, like a cult following. Hey, I'm a part of something that's uh, it's not under my it's control, Dom Herrera. It's not under my control. Use the code name Rogan. Blah, blah, blah. Save some money. <laughs> yeah, if you use the code name Rogan, you save uh, 10% off any and all supplements. Just go there, check it out. A lot of good stuff, healthy stuff for you. And cue the music, Jamie. The great dumb motherfucking Arrera is here. Experience. Train by day, Joe Rogan podcast by night, all day. My longtime friend, one of my longest timest friends in the history of my life, Mr. Dominic Arrera. Thank you, Joe, my for brother. Dom and I have been friends for shit. It's been at least 20 years now. Isn't that weird? Yeah, it's crazy. It was 20 years, right? I we brought did... you up in Montreal. That's the first time I remember I think it was 93. Yeah, yeah I think that was 93. <laughs> and yeah. then we met in uh, Amsterdam Billiards. Uh, and, uh, you know, we talked for a little bit. I didn't know you played yeah. pool. And I was all excited. There's only a few of us that play pool. Like uh, Ferrara. Adam Ferrara plays really good pool. Uh, you know, Fitzsimmons. Fitzsimmons plays really good pool. Ari plays good pool. Yeah. <laughs> this is like well, a few, so remember, I get so I, excited. I remember bringing you up thinking... This is a new breed of comedian. This kid looks like a fucking tough kid. Even when I didn't know you were into martial arts, I was thinking, I mean, you were funny. You were always funny. I'm not just stroking you. But uh, I remember bringing you up thinking, this ain't the fucking kid who had problems with his mother that talks about this. You know what I mean? It was a a different – and I told you this before. Your group of comedians were like more tougher men. I grew up with a lot of like nebbishy kind of – well, I I grew well doing comedy. I started out in Boston, and that yeah. those guys That's were particularly a, a manly. Ground, yeah, they were particularly manly. Yeah, it, you know who made me think that I could do it? Honestly, like who? It didn't make me think that the way I looked would be an impediment. It was Nick DiPaolo. Oh, okay. Because Nick DiPaolo was like he had a great head of hair. He's a yeah. fucking devastatingly handsome guy. He was way better looking than me, and he was bigger than me. He's a big like a football player. Yeah, he was know? a football player. But he was hilarious. Yeah. And I was like, whew, like it was a weight off my shoulders because uh-huh. I remember thinking that I looked like like an athlete or something, right. and it looked like a jock. You know, if you look yeah. like a jock, like you automatically categorized, and it automatically makes you less funny. Yeah, yeah. No, it's definitely. I mean, there's like look at Gary Gold. Gary Goldman? Yes. Be- perfect example. He, beautiful man. Too tall. Too handsome, beautiful. Too, yeah. Too beautiful. He's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> He's a hunk. He's cute. You know what I like about his hips? He's got beautiful hips. He's a fucking devastatingly handsome man. He's, <laughs> he's big. He's handsome. One time, yeah. Laura Keitlinger. He's hunky. He's hunky. I'd like to take him to a prison cell. Uh, <laughs> Laura Keitlinger, right? We're in Ireland. Remember, remember yeah, Laura? Sure, yeah. Very funny. Very pretty, too. And yes. She, she's dressed. She looks like a fucking model. And she's dying on stage, and she's really uh, funny. Yeah. She goes, what happened? I go, you look too good. Yeah. The guys can't laugh at you. The girls don't think you're funny because you're too pretty, and the guys can't laugh because their girlfriends are looking at them <laughs> to see if they're laugh- or looking at you. Do you know, who, yeah. you know Brian Frazier? Do you remember Brian Frazier from Boston? Uh, probably. I don't he remember. stopped doing stand-up, but uh, he, he writes. We, we, I haven't spoke to him in quite a bit. 
but uh, he at one point in time was enormous. He was a bodybuilder, uh-huh. and he I mean he was super. He's like he's one of those like super dedicated, super disciplined right. uh, dudes that can like force himself to work an hour and a half a day and eat strictly healthy. Right. And he was fucking gigantic. I mean, he was huge. And he would go on stage with like a golf shirt on. And I had a poem sign. I go, dude, you can't wear that. Right. And he's like, why? And I go, because you're too big. I go, trust me. I go, yeah. you got to trust me on this. I, guess, I go, dude, I, I, you know, you're my friend and you, you make me nervous. Like uh-huh. your fucking arms are gigantic. Yeah, he had like pythons in his arms. They were too big. You couldn't stop. You could not look at them. Well, how about Piscopo when he got? I mean, you know those things at the carnival where you stick your head into the muscle man's body. Yeah, that's what Piscopo looked like. Yes. No. 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 Brian Fraser was bigger than him. Yeah. I'm telling you, Fra- Fraser was up. the big. No, he was not. No. No. Was, Piscopo oh, it up. Maybe. Yeah. But Fraser was just like super dedicated. He was like crazy dedicated. Here's his funny fucking story, because he he he's a, a really funny guy. And he looks like maybe like an Irish guy from the Midwest, but he's Jewish. Mm-hmm. And he's he at this time had like a really fucking he's you know he's got a temper and he doesn't like people fucking with him. You know he he was I mean he and I never had any problems, but he was uh, at a gig in Vermont once, and we were together. We worked together up there, and um, the, he had a little bit of a problem with his voice. Uh, he had a little bit of a cold, and so he was uh, saying to the uh, to the uh, owner of the club, he was like apologizing for his uh, his voice being uh, fucked up. Yeah. And the 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 guy on the club said something like, you know, what what are you being a Jew or something? Ooh. Something along those lines. Like you sound like yeah. a Jew. Right. Because he didn't think he was Jewish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was something along those lines. It was like really crude and like. And Brian went fucking crazy. He went crazy. Yeah. There was a desk between him and the guy, and that's probably the only thing that stopped him from smashing this guy. But he was so scary because he was, like, really fucking strong. And I remember thinking, like, because back then, like, I didn't even lift weights. Like, I, would, I never lifted Just, weights through my taekwondo so days. I was, like, I was pretty skinny in comparison. He was like way bigger than me. I was like, God damn it! I don't know if I can stop him from from hurting this guy. Yeah, yeah. You know, because he's just so much stronger than him. He could just run right through him like a bull. But that one thing that the guy said to him, like, "Don't be a Jew." Like, what are you being a Jew? I forget. Yeah. I forget what it was. But I remember like going, "Oh shit!" Like that's the moment where you're trying to talk your yeah, friend that, right. out of doing something really stupid. Yeah, yeah. Where so, the moment yeah. you're like, I know how you feel, I know how you feel, and you're right to be upset, but please don't do anything. Let's get yeah. the fuck out of here. If you do something right now that's going to be stupid, it's a mistake, and it's going to fuck up your freedom. You're going to yeah. get locked in a cage. You're not going to do this. This is not what civilized people do. You keep the fuck away from people if you don't like them, but you don't have to beat them up. You know, that, that gets oh, yeah. real weird. I, I know when you get that look that you, you're thinking it, but you don't go into action. Remember one night we were some drunken kids came up to us at the pool hall, and one kid just fucking lit you up. And you, I just looked at you. I thought, I know he ain't going to lose it, but uh, this kid has no idea the fucking danger he's in. Well, he was – I, I remember, remember what you're talking about. It's just drunk men. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I could imagine what it's like to be a woman. And deal with a drunk man wanting to hold you down and fuck you. Oh, yeah. The same type of like occasionally yeah, you baby. just you will just run into people that are just maybe they're not like that when they're sober. I don't know. I mean, you know, some people just have a problem. Yeah, they drink annoying. and they just get weird. 
But when you're around like aggressive drunk dudes, it's so unfortunate. It's like, oh, what a fucking predicament. This has got to suck to be a chick. And then they start repeating themselves. And but I always say, look, the, the you know it does it bothers me a little bit, but at least it's not threatening like it is to a chick. I really always think about that yeah. when, when I see those kind of like really drunk douchey guys. It's 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 got to be a terrifying thing to have a, a guy you know want to hold you down and fuck you. Just it fuck is, it. it is Joe. It's got to be awful. Is it? Tell me the truth. <laughs> Tell me the truth, Dominic. It's terrible. <laughs> I can't take it anymore. My back's killing me. When you were saying the thing about you know, it's kind of fucked that that's still around, isn't it? Yeah. Well, you know, I, I you know, with my goddaughter living with me, uh, I I can't sleep unless she's home. You know what I mean? And like honestly, my godson. He's like close – if he got blown at a party by the kid's mother who threw the party, I'd go, Danny, that must – tell me about it. <laughs> you know, And don't rat it don't, – don't rat the lady out. Yeah. But you know what I mean? It's yeah. like – it's so different with girls. It's totally different. It's totally different. I was thinking of something you said before about when, you, when he said he was, the guy was Jewish and he didn't – you know how you, you're part of your culture, you're part of your background? Well, I was married to a Jewish woman, right? And one day I said, not meaning it in anything, just my own ignorance. I said, yeah, maybe we can Jew the, we can Jew the guy down. Yeah. And she said, that's really insulting. I go, why? And she she explained it to me. So then I just start saying, let's Christian that motherfucker down, <laughs> <laughs> just to, just to bring it back on myself. That's funny because uh, Frazier got mad at me for using that expression. Oh, that guy? Yeah, yeah, same oh, yeah. guy. I mean, he get mad at me and like threatened me. You know, we're friends, but he's like, you know, that's really a rude thing to say. And I thought about it. I was like, you know, I've always said it. I never thought of it. I no. didn't even think of it as a bad thing. I was like, you know, a guy's got gold chains on. Oh, he's guineaing it up. Yeah, yeah. You know, you want to get some money. Oh, I'll Jew the guy down. Like, it, I didn't think yeah, that it was I, bad to be frugal. No. You know? The, 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 I never connected the two. I never meant it as it Until he said it, and then I saw it. And then oh, it was yeah, obvious. Once he said, I was like, yeah, I guess that is pretty insensitive. <laughs> Speaking of that, do you know that they they got a guy today, ninety five years old, who was a Nazi at the, oh, one of the camps? Oh God, ninety five, and they arrested him. <sighs> I think you think he's going to get life, but but seriously, that's, is it? Did you see it? You that's see a it? that's a, a a terrible thing for karma that that guy lived that long. Argentina, he, yeah, ninety five. That was a big thing. He South America, he, right? He said he was, yeah. They all went there. He said he was a cook at the camp, concentration camp. Oh my God. Yeah. You know what's scary about the Nazis? Is that that, that shit was not that long ago. These guys are still not alive. Not that long ago, yeah. They're still alive. Some that's, of them are still alive. Well, that's why I think about when, when Mel Brooks did The Producers, how fresh that was. I mean, yeah. how fucking ballsy was that? Don't be a dummy, be a smarty. Come and join the Nazi party. Remember you know, like the, when they were doing the goose step dance? Yeah. Remember the movie? Yeah. And I was thinking, that was in the 60s. Yeah. And the war didn't end until the 40s. Yeah. 45? 47, I think it was. Was it? Was it 47, though? I thought it was 45, but whatever. It wasn't that far back. And he did this whole thing about Hitler. It was fucking hilarious and total balls. Oh, yeah. 45. No, it was 45 at ended. Yeah. Mel Brooks was a bad motherfucker. Yeah. Still is. Still is, apparently. When I've, Brian Callen knows him or knows. Oh, no, no. It's Fitzsimmons. Fitzsimmons, so Fitzsimmons knows him. Says the guy just fucking hangs around, goes to you know, go to a coffee shop and talk yeah, to people. Yeah. Yeah, and I'd love to talk know him. To him. I met him. See him on the street like a super personable guy. Right. Just a real nice guy. Enjoying life. His fucking son is a, a badass author. Yeah. His son is the one that wrote that World War Z movie. 
yeah. Yeah, his son wrote the book, wow. which I guess a lot of people – I haven't seen the movie yet, obviously. But, yet. but a lot of people are pissed that they deviated from the book. Oh, yeah. You know, sometimes yeah. they do that. But, uh, yeah, his, his son's a badass author. He did had two of the funniest movies ever, Young Frankenstein. Producers, Blazing Saddles, three three movies. Yeah, Young Frankenstein was fucking hilarious. At the time, he was a he was the man. I mean, if you went to see a Mel Brooks movie, yeah. like there's really no one to compare it to today because he would act in them, he would right. write them. He always had to sing or something. Yeah. He, like I saw High Anxiety. Yeah, and he was singing like a lounge singer. Lounge singer. He's going High Anxiety. And he goes, Zyety, each time you are near. You know, just but the idea of Zyety. So fucking stupid. <laughs> Mel Brooks was a genius, man. He was a, a, a powerful, pro, pro, prolific genius. He did a lot of really good stuff. Well, at the time, it was him and Woody Allen. Were yeah. Kind of like in the, I don't know. Uh, he was more silly. Yeah. Well, Woody Allen's pretty fucking silly. Oh, too. yeah, yeah, sure. But I love was... the one where he's playing the cello in a marching band, but he has to run up and sit down for yeah. a couple bars. <laughs> Woody Allen, yeah. Take the money and run. Have you you seen uh, Mel Brooks' History of the World? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's funny. Man, it's beautiful stuff. It's beautiful stuff. At the time, like I was just, there was nobody. There's nobody else like that making movies like that. It was like you you heard it was a Mel Brooks movie. You knew you were it was a certain standard oh, yeah, of comedy yeah. that you're going to get. It was great stuff. Though they could never make Blazing Saddles today. No, they couldn't. Just political the, too, too racially charged. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean there could never be an all in the family today. It's true. Yeah, I don't I don't believe there. And it's sad. It's sad. The people would. You know, the, the good thing is, look. <laughs> It sucks that people like that ever exist, that there really could be a guy like Archie Bunker that's that racist. Yeah. But it's still fun. My uncle was like that. Yeah. I, we had family members that were like that. There were people that were worse than that, by the way. Like, he, way worse than he that. He wouldn't even give black people credit for being good looking. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, if, she, like if a black woman was beautiful, he'd go, that's a white nose. She's got a white nose. You know what I mean? Like, right. she, he'd bring up, as if all white people are beautiful. And like, that's funny. Something. <clears throat> yeah. But it was real, you know. I mean, he hate, yeah. he hated like you know because I, when I was a kid, I grew up with the Beatles. He hated the Beatles. They were he hated like anything rock and roll. That yeah. was a ruination of the world. Well, you know what, Tom? I think I used to wonder what the fuck that was all about, and I think what it really boils down to is that people have these weird natural tribal instincts. They have these weird tribal instincts, and they they belong to a tribe. Yeah. And whether that tribe is being a Republican or whether that tribe is l listening to fucking classical music, you know, whatever the fuck yeah. it is that they decide this is where they draw the line. This is where they take right. a stand. It's a tribal thing. You know, it's it's a weird deviations of our need to form groups, you know, so we'll yeah. get upset about shit that doesn't matter even a little bit. I try and uh, not be stuck in any one era. You know, the only thing I was thinking, I don't even know if this is funny or not, but Where's what's going to happen in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 15 years? Like when sure, there's no right? groups left and it's like rap music is dominant. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like is it right. going to be like you know with motherfucker this motherfucker you know? Do you like, not like any rap music at I all? I do. Yeah, what I kind do. of what, you what know, do you like? Well, I mean, I like like I I, I like what's um, Snoop Snoop is great. I yeah. think I like Eminem. I love. Right. Uh, some of the music we Do you, hear. Would you like buy Eminem on iTunes? Yeah. I, I, I couldn't imagine seeing Dom Herrera. <laughs> like, well, you know, I get brought up to, they, what do you want? To, lose Yourself. You know, Lose Yourself? Yeah. That song? That's fucking great. And the beginning yeah. is great. 
and uh, just for you know when you get one chance in a lifetime, don't blow it. Yeah, no, that's a beautiful song. Yeah, no, he's a bad motherfucker, Eminem. And I like the one, Mama never meant to hurt you. Never meant. Yeah. Tonight I'm cleaning out my closet. <laughs> it's pretty fucking. Yeah, he got some great fucking songs. Anyway, I'm coming out soon. <clears throat> Does it really? Yep. Good for him, man. He's brilliant. Yeah, I think he doesn't like to perform. I heard that he like yeah. has problem. He doesn't like to go outside. He gets anxiety. Well, you know, I mean, you know how fucking famous that dude is. You know, he got yeah. so famous. I mean, he got crazy famous. He got famous to the point where it's probably probably fucks with your head. Yeah. Well, you know, I was thinking last time we were shooting pool, and you're very good with people. But the guy got on your nerves because Joe was just we, we were getting tired, and we both both of us were kind of tired. And you said, "I'm fucking racking the balls." He wants to take a picture. <laughs> like that made a difference. <laughs> like, <laughs> there was no good time. The poor guy. I mean, he was. You were nice to him anyway, but I just knew you weren't in the mood for. It's just drunks. It's it's all right. And that guy in particular, that was no big deal. Yeah, that was just you know someone was just enthusiastic and wanted to take a picture. That's all good. It doesn't bother me at all. The the, the what bothers me is the the, the drunk thing where you never yeah, yeah. know the drunk you know? close to your face, the clunky, repetitive. They grab you. Yeah, yeah. I really you like know? that. Grab my neck again. Yeah, I, was, I go for that. I'm I'm cool with everything but the drunk thing. And if it seems like you're drunk, it's like, ooh boy, I don't know. Are you yeah. drunk? How close do I get to you, stranger? <laughs> well, you know, you never see me drunk. Uh, I've seen you drunk. Really? I've seen you drunk at the Laugh Factory. Really? Yeah. How long ago? At least an hour ago. An hour ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't think you've seen me drunk. Yeah, it was a, it was months ago, many many months ago. One of the last. I mean, I've only been to the Laugh Factory maybe three or four times over the past decade. You're not going to come back? No, I would go back. I like when I you like do it. that Wednesday night show of mine. I'll do whatever you're doing. If you're doing shit there, I'll be happy to do your Breaking show. Breaking balls with Dom Herrera. I'll be happy to do it. Because yeah, I like when you do the half hour at the end, then we have the interview. Yeah, that was fun. You had yeah. a great crowd. It was There were smart people. You know, that was a, that was a fun crowd. But well, I, I've been I've been to the Laugh Factor, like I said, like four or five times. Yeah. But one of those times you were drunk, you motherfucker. I was drunk on stage. <laughs> no, no, not on stage. No, one time on the Were you? last one time on stage, I was drunk because I said something, and then when I realized I was drunk, I said something. You go, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. You know, <laughs> you didn't even say it like in an attacking way. You're like confused, and I realized, oh fuck, oh, you were hammered. Had yeah, because he gives me an <laughs> he gives me an Irish coffee. You can't give an Irish coffee with half. That there's so much whiskey, the coffee's cold. Oh, is that what he did? Yeah, and I'm oh, drinking. I drank Jesus two of them. Look at you know, two of them. So what is that, like five drinks probably? Five whiskeys? Yeah. Oh, Jesus yeah. Christ. Oh, that shots? Makes, yeah, yeah, at least. That makes my, my balls hurt. You say that like, you know what else makes your balls hurt? Right here. Ah, you son of a bitch. I was out to a restaurant last night with a friend of mine. You know those guys that make everything sexual? Like whatever. And uh, the the uh, waitress was, uh, her fish was taken long. And the waitress said, I'll get you some zucchini sticks. This has nothing to do with sex. And, he, and, and when she walks away, he goes, I'll give you a zucchini stick. <laughs> I'll give you the fucking, you know what I mean? Like, nothing to do with anything. Yeah, there's dudes that always have that. I'll yeah, give you his you zucchini stick. You want a sandwich? Yeah, I'll give you a fucking sandwich. You got a nice meatball right here. <laughs> <laughs> Like I said, I'm glad I'm not a girl. I'm glad you're not a girl, too. You'd be fucking scary. <laughs> <laughs> i never seen a girl with such a defined back. <laughs> I've seen them. I've seen some big ones. How about man. the one who came out uh, last week? She's got an Adam's apple. 
Who's that? She's, I forget her name. The, the, she, she just went into the pros. Just they, they, I think her team won the national championship. Uh, Brittany Griner? Yeah, Brittany Griner. I mean, she went into the pros for what? What she, was I'm that? Not saying she, she's got like a beard on her dick. She's so, fuck, <laughs> so fucking weird. <laughs> she's so masculine. <laughs> <sighs> but she came out of the closet. <laughs> Who is she? She's a, she was the cha- she's like the all time shot blocker in the NCAA and women's. Yeah, she division. played for Baylor. I'm gonna. But she is like a man. so this is basketball. Yeah, but I mean the thing is it was, like no, it was nothing. It meant nothing to anybody. Then that guy comes out, the, the seven foot guy, the twin, which he didn't tell his twin brother he was gay. Did you see that? What? Yeah. Oh my god! He came out of the closet, but he came out of the closet at 34. Oh, this guy? No, no that's this, the girl. this guy. That, but look at her Adam's apple. Wait a minute. Hold up. What's going on there? That's look, a girl? That's yeah. a girl. You want to hear her voice? Sure. Give me a second. So she just came out of the closet? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. She came out of the closet oh. a while ago. There's a player who plays in the NBA. His name is Jason Collins. He just came out this week in a Sports Illustrated interview. Right, right. That was yeah. a big deal, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Was he the first gay player ever? He was the, the first NBA. At, NBA? who was actively, who was still might be playing, but he might not even make a team because he's 34 and he's not any good. But, and that's what it's I like said. A third he might have done center. it. He might have done it because he might have of that. Done it for that. Yeah, maybe, maybe he would maybe, go. Maybe. President, well, that's Clinton. rude. You're uh, saying he went gay just to for publicity. Man, that's what you're that's saying. What yeah, I think he might not even not be gay. Not well, no, he's gay. <laughs> I can see by the way. Do you think before they tie that, we like look, we're we're ready to put this story to bed, but we need to see soccer cock first. I mean, this might be a big publicity. Have you heard Bill Burr talk about it? No, is that what he said? He says he should pay a cover charge to go to the shower. That's funny. That's very funny. That's very funny. Bill Burr, I don't get him. I love people that say don't. Who says that? No, you know, just somebody who's jealous. You know, there's a lot of that. Fucking Bill's as good as any anything out there. You know, there's a real disturbing thing in comedy where uh, people don't want other people to be good as well. Yeah, I don't know what it is. But we all know a certain number of people who've been afflicted by that, whether voluntarily or involuntarily. Some of them try to kick it. Yeah. Well, Jimmy Brogan's one of those old bitter guys, and you know, a nice guy, but he's the right for the Tonight Show. You know who he is? Yeah. And he was upstairs, and somebody was on stage, a young comic. He goes, hey, "Look, let's listen to him. I don't get it." I go, "You know what? It doesn't matter. They get it. Listen yeah. to the audience. Yeah. They get it. That doesn't mean everything's quality, but give him credit. You know." Yeah, that's a weakness, man. It's like the why, why, yeah. you know, either like it or don't like it, but. You know, to really like focus all your negative energy yeah. on it like that. Those those people, they the become bitter. a drain. Yeah, oh. it's a that's a, a horrible uh, aspect to dealing with uh, with other people. It's like when you're all in the same sort of business together, and there becomes a guy who just for one reason or another just can't seem to get it together. Yeah, and so they start spewing venom. And then you're around him. You pick that up. Like if you happen to be working with a guy, you know, and he's like a yeah. middle act. He's just bitter and nasty. Like you can ruin your whole weekend. Yeah, Dub Davidoff played uh, in, in Invincible. He played a character like that was part of uh, Vince Papali's group, the, the guy who was the football player who they based the movie on. Uh-huh. And it was an interesting character because he was – he's so resentful of his friend's success that when everybody was cheering, you just see him looking in his glass and stirring. You know, like, mm, fuck, he, he got something else in life. And here I am at the bar. You know what I mean? Right. And, but it, Dub played it really well, but it was an interesting character. Because I thought about, I've seen it with comedians. When a comedian gets something, it's like, when I when I started out, I started out w- with Eddie Murphy. Right. Right? And 
I was up for Saturday Night Live, and I was like, I was hired for three episodes. I don't know if I ever told you that. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Eddie became a star, and people would actually like say to me, "Does that bother you?" I go, "No." Do you think that if I if Eddie Murphy didn't do Forty Eight Hours, I would have? I said, "That's <laughs> nothing to do with me. It's him. He did it." He's talented. Uh, yeah, but what is it that stops people from ever seeing that? What is it that makes people just go, fuck him, fucking Eddie Murphy? Yeah. You know, if I was in that movie, it'd be even better. Tell you what, fuck well, Eddie Murphy. Petty, they're petty and bitter. He couldn't and... follow me in Cleveland. Right, I'll tell you, yeah. it was this weekend I in killed. Cleveland, I fucking buried him. <laughs> he was the middle. I, I was the middle. He was the headline. I was like, seriously? <laughs> Well, we know so many of them. And those stories are so gross. The I blew them off the stage stories. Oh, yeah. And crushed. Unless they're talking about a dickhead. And then suddenly they become cool. <laughs> if it was right. a guy you Somebody don't like. Ate. Yeah, and you're like, oh, how bad did he eat it? Oh, I, you know I don't like that guy. plates of shit. <laughs> Joe, you know I don't like Bobby Collins, right? Yes, I know. And I, I like, there's only three guys I really don't like in comedy. And he's one of them. And, uh. I, I do this benefit. It's called Rags to Riches in uh, in Vegas. It's all these rich Jews and Italian garment guys. Fucking hilarious crowd. They're all t- you know, like they all think they're funny. They're fucking. And Bobby Collins was there last year, right? And I said to them, I said, no matter how bad I do, I know I'm not going to be worse than fucking Bobby Collins, <laughs> right? And they fucking cheered because he, had, oh, a, he no. had a tough set. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't on the air, right? No. Okay. No, this Just is only on the internet. <laughs> it only reaches a uh, uh, the whole world of people. So it's just it's a you know it's a weird group. So. I love that I'm that they listen to me in Ireland. Like I told you, I'm going to be in Kilkenny in three weeks. Yeah, well, that's one of the most beautiful things about the internet is that you can get shit from anywhere. You can yeah. listen to a podcast like London Real. Those guys do one from London. You can listen to a podcast from Switzerland or Iceland or fucking whatever. It's so fucking cool. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's taking so much power away from the man when you think about it. Think about like the man, the, the, man. the man, like the man with a fucking man. Yeah, he was my main man, and you killed him. Yeah, it definitely does. It, and every comic has a podcast now. It's like, yeah, there's every comedian that I know has a podcast. Isn't that funny? It's amazing. Yeah, it's like having a podcast is like having a Twitter account. Well, it's, it's like cool. having an act. I mean, yeah. you know, you can have an act, but it doesn't mean it's going to be that good. Yeah, you know that's true. But it also would like it kind of. It's like it's another part of your act, sort of. You know. Yeah, Jamie and I were talking about that before before you came in, and I asked him, and I it was kind of awkward, but I had to ask him. I said, "Do you, do you have eye makeup on?" <laughs> He's just a beautiful man. <laughs> his, but, eye, his eyes, not for nothing. Not that I was like resting on them. I'm just saying, right. I glanced by. Uh, his eyes look like he has makeup on. He's just beautiful. He is beautiful. The um, the idea that your your um, podcast is a part of your act, I mean, it's like it's uh, when you're doing stand up. You know, the one thing that you're selling almost more than anything is like a point of view. It's like one yeah. of the, the beautiful things about watching a guy is that you get to you lock into the way he's thinking and you go, oh, I see what he's, huh, yeah, yeah. huh, you know, and then you start laughing, but you 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 lock into a point of view, you know, you figure out a yeah. way to lock into his point of view. Well, it's cool to do something without your act. Yeah, you know, people go like, you know, uh, I told you not, not to stroke it, but you were. You were, because of the power of your podcast and your popularity, you were by far the biggest act we've had on as far as numbers went. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, and we've had a lot of good guys. 
Dom Herrera live from the Laugh Factory. That's ja- a fun Jamie, podcast. Jamie was on today. But you're really good. You're, oh, you're, you're so – well, the thing about you is, hey, we're just giving each other a little massage here, ladies and gentlemen. This is what we do in show <laughs> hey, business. I embarrassed this is man. how we celebrate each other. You just uh, – you know, you're the real deal. So you, you don't bullshit things. You don't fake things. It's really Dom Herrera there talking. Some people, for whatever reason, can't do that. They yeah. get weirded out if they're doing an interview or they, they, they have that hard time just completely being themselves. Well, you don't but have you to don't, do a punchline every yeah. fucking every sentence. Well, you know that. Yeah. But there's a lot of guys who don't, you know. They get nervous. The thing I love about you, Dom, is that you stayed – you always, like, stayed true to stand-up. Like, stand-up was always the big thing for you. No matter what you did – like, you would occasionally, like, do a TV show or, you know, you'd yeah. like – it would be great if I got a series. But, uh, you know, I'm a stand-up comic. Like, that's what I do. And you've always loved it. And you're always writing new shit. You're always improving. Yeah, I still love it. You still love it. And you yeah. still come up with new shit all the time, too. That's, like, so important. It's so, it's such a, um, it's such, like a, it's such a rare little sort of group of 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 people that we know yeah, that yeah. like really really love and appreciate the art of stand up. Yeah, you know, Brian so, Callen does. Oh, fuck yeah, he does. You know, fuck Ari does. Ari does. Yeah. Yeah. I went on after Brian the other night at the Laugh Factory. Yeah, he had a terrific set. So I'm busting, his, I'm busting the crowd in a second. So nice to follow Brian because. He sets the bar so low that whatever, you know, like just, you know, he, he starts hollering at right. me from upstairs. They know we're fucking friends. Right. I wouldn't right. do it. Like, I, I, you know, like when I host a show, I said, the true sign I don't like a person is if I give him a straight, nice intro. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm being nice and just give him a, that means I don't, I don't have time for him. It's, and what people don't understand, too, is like if you, we bust each other's balls and it's really like a pleasure. It's fun. Oh, yeah. Like if you say some stupid shit about me or if I say some stupid shit about you, we enjoy it of course like we make each other laugh and some people don't see that like they see like two comics busting each other's balls and they think like oh they are asserting dominance and hurting right. each other's they're feelings jealous. like yeah, they're... no they're having fun and the, the, the fact that they can do it to each other yeah. you know and it's it's about part of being a comic the busting balls thing is a part of being a comic yeah well when you said something a couple minutes ago about the guys who seriously talk about themselves in comedy like yeah are you you know what i mean first of all i'm not bragging but i was incredible <laughs> i buried I, him he couldn't I, follow I, yeah. me I mean, then I, they should have a music act on after me just to calm the audience down <laughs> there was a guy that he shall remain, remain nameless but he had a, a website Name names man he that's what a, we're on a podcast he had a website and in his website it uh it had a whole story Bobby about how he blew dice off the stage oh really dice couldn't follow him yeah <laughs> Who would that be? <sighs> oh, I don't know, but it's the fucking silliest shit I've ever read. I was like, okay, what are you talking about? Like, One of the things I like about Dice is nothing phases him on stage. <laughs> he doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. He did that special. He he aired that, that two CD special called The Day the Laughter Died. And he went up, essentially went up at Dangerfields in New York, mm-hmm. unannounced. No one knew he was going there. And if you've uh, ever been to Dangerfields, Dangerfields, when I was a kid, when uh, I first came to New York, I fell in love with Dangerfields. That was my spot in New York City. It was because an old-time it was, nightclub. It was an old-time nightclub. Yeah. It was off the beaten track. They gave you half an hour. The, the crowds were very small, except like weekends and like sometimes uh, like prom shows were like packed right. there. But you – it was – it was where they filmed the Rodney Dangerfield HBO special. Yeah, I was like, there. To yeah. me, that was to, it was that was Mecca in New York. Yeah. You know, I, w- I went there all the time. 
But you, you, we had to work with some really fucking crazy people. Who was this Scottish guy who was the bouncer owner or whatever? Jimmy, he was a character. Frank? He was, no, it's not a Frank. He was What's so, his name? He looked like he was sitting down and he yeah. was standing. He was so squat. Oh, he was a brick house. He was a bowling ball. He was a brick house. That guy was gigantic. You don't get a fucking laugh for fuck's sake. He was a power lifter, that dude. Yeah. He would like grab people and throw them out there. He was a gentleman uh-huh. up until someone wasn't a gentleman to right, him. You'd reach and across. then you fucked up. Like he, you'd notice he was a big guy. But he was like deceptively strong. Right. Like he would do crazy weightlifting things. He had um like cement buckets. Did he you really? know buckets? I didn't those know plastic about this. buckets. I, yeah, yeah. He had them filled with cement. And he would do exercises with uh, them. He did powerlifting. He did a lot of crazy right, shit. Right. That guy was stupid strong. Yeah, what a, but he was perfect for the nightclub. He was hilarious too. He was always, uh, you're going to try again with that shite act of yours. <laughs> and he, would, he would bust yeah, your yeah. balls, but it was warm. You know, uh-huh. it's like he would do it with like a half a smile on his face. And he'd be like, hey, man, I'm just trying to do my thing. <laughs> and he would laugh. <laughs> he was a good dude. But if you ever got in a tussle with that guy, oh, my God, he was terrifying. He, I saw him yeah. pick a guy up by his neck. He grabbed the guy by the back of the neck and just hoisted him up in the air. But he's essentially doing it completely by his neck. These prom shows, kids would come in and they would get so fucked up. Oh, yeah. They were so fucked up. Do you remember Al Lubell? Yeah. A kid went on stage, took the microphone away from Al Lubell and blew cigar smoke in his face. Wow. It was crazy. What did Al do? He didn't know what to do. He didn't want to get in a physical confrontation with him. I mean, yeah. Al was a lawyer, remember? Yeah, yeah. So he, he, he backed away and, you know, I don't remember what the – I don't remember how it was resolved because this was – Jesus, this is like 1991 or something like that, 92. Anybody ever come on stage with you? No, no. You know, I don't – it wasn't his fault. It was just the kid was like really fucked up. The kid was really big too. He was a big like football player looking kid. He was just uh, really bold. You know, they were all trying to be superstars. This was like they were at Dangerfields and it was clear that no one really had the run of the place. It was almost impossible to to corral the crowds. Oh, yeah. They were really crazy. Yeah, that prom crowd is also – so it's it's like St. Patrick's Day. It's one day everybody gets fucked up and – they're, they were tough. It was the craziest shows I ever worked in my life, yeah. without a doubt. Because, first of all, you would work from, like, the time it was dark out, from, like, 7 o'clock. You would do shows till 2 o'clock in the morning. I know, you would I get off that. stage at 2 in the morning. And people told me that, and I didn't believe them. But it was, like, Jeff, good. It was do, good money. The last spot at the improv used to be 345. Wow. 345 on the weekend nights. I remember having 330 spots. Wow. Yeah. That is incredible. But, you know, I don't know if I ever told you this. The first time I did stand-up for money was $50 at Seton Hall, right? I'm just fresh out of improv, improv group, all this shit. And I go up on stage, and a girl starts heckling me. She was fucking out of her mind. So I bring her up, thinking, improv, (laughs) right? The worst thing I could have done. Then she's laughing hysterically, and then she starts crying hysterically. Oh, my God. Like sobbing, crying. And I'm thinking, man, this fucking stand-up is harder than it looks, you know? And I don't know what to do. And then this guy, you wouldn't know this guy. Uh, he died a long time ago. He, uh, he comes up on stage. He was like, he was a real pro. And he just like took her off. Took And I found out later that her brother's girlfriend was killed in an accident. So she was fucked up on pills and stuff. Oh. But it was the first time I ever did stand up. And he covered for me. He did my extra 20 minutes and all. But I'm, you know, like, God, this is my first fucking indoctrination to this whole new life. I'm going, holy shit. <laughs> Is that harder than it looks? 
<laughs> what a shit roll of the dice. Never brought anybody up after that. That's funny. Uh, it's funny how hard stand-up really is, but then once you get good at it, how easy it is. Well, you it's know? easy because you can take your time and you can think like – you can literally think. When you're doing an act, there's it's rote. It's not – you know. And then you're thinking, oh, if I lose my place, I don't have a place. Right. So I can't lose my place because it right. doesn't matter. You don't care. Right. If you go off in something, you, you know – Well, you got to always have like – things to talk about yeah but, but they I don't mean, always you, have you to... don't have like you no you don't do the exact same act you know no, like, no. not even close no and that, no. that makes it so much easier because then you you know you're free and that's when that's when i think it gets easy yeah that is when it gets easy that's why i hate doing like the tonight show and shit like that when they have it scripted of what you're going to say it takes all the fun and spontaneity away from me. Well, it's really unfortunate that that's still the thing, those little 7-minute conversations. Yeah, they're you the know? hardest thing I do. Yeah, especially cuz you you're doing it with a stranger, you know? I mean, you, yeah. you, even if they're I mean, who's the closest who who are you friends with out of all those guys? Craig Ferguson or or oh, uh you mean the, Conan, do you do Conan? No, I do Craig and and Fallon. So, like, even though you see those guys, like, you know, maybe every now and again, yeah. you don't really like buddies with them. It's not like you no, can sit but, down with them and be yourself. No, but I got to say, the thing about Ferguson, he never gets to a question. He, I, all the times I've done, I've done a show probably eight times, never gets, they ask, they have the, the pre-interview and the producers call the segment producers and they're so worried about what you're going to say. I know, oh, no, he doesn't know much about baseball, but he knows about uh, football and all right, all right. And then never gets to a fucking thing. Wow. Huh. I, had, I had one of my most fun moments ever on television on his show because he asked me. He, he plugged a date at my Denver Comedy Works, and I had already done it. I said, well, you've got a really cracked staff here. I said, I've gotten so hot they have to post-plug my dates because there would be a riot if they all knew I was there, right? And he goes – and then he, t- he says to me from his desk, look, we'll start over. I go, I ain't starting over. <laughs> and he walks over. I go, look, I got a spot at the Laugh Factory. I gotta get to. It. I said I'm, I'll do. I said I'm, I'll do my little monkey dance for you, and I'll come over and talk to you. But I ain't starting over. And we had like a fake fight, but it was great because oh, the audience funny. knew it was real. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then I went over to the panel, and we just fucked around. That's great. Well, he's a funny guy, and yeah. he's uh, he apparently does a lot of stand up too, right? Does a lot of stand up. Yeah, does a lot of road gigs. I know there's been places that I've been where yeah. I, they said he was just there, or was going yeah. there. Yeah, good for him, man. It's just uh, I would I would like to see him even more in an uncensored format for hours. You yeah, know, I'd like to see fascinating him guy. I, I've only worked with him once uh, he, in uh, Toronto. You know when I really became a fan of his um, when he was talking about Britney Spears. Do you remember that? No. What did he say? <sighs> it was I don't want to paraphrase, but it was right around the time when she kept running into all these problems, right, and it was right. obvious that there was something wrong. That she was fucking tail spinning. He. Um, he he made basically was like, why does everybody care about this? Like you're talking about a little girl who, who needs help, like a yeah, young yeah. girl who needs help. And it was it was kind of I mean, right. didn't say little girl, but a young lady who needs help. And it was really kind of um, it was refreshing. It was like it was this isn't you could tell wasn't something that was like he was posturing and he was uh, making an attempt at right. saying this because he just wanted to achieve some moral high ground or yeah, something yeah. like that. It was a real like – like it felt like he has a voice. He's on television. Let's see if I can just get this message out. And it was so right. It was because it was like why is everybody freaking out about this young lady who obviously does have problems yeah. when we're in the middle of fucking two different wars and – 
Who knows what else is going on in the world? Who knows what the fuck else is going on? Yeah, well, and, it's like little Lindsay Lohan <sighs> now. It's like she makes the news and... But it's so – we're so weird with that, man. It's so weird to fixate like to on individuals. like to build somebody up and knock them down. It's so weird to fixate on individuals yeah. like that. It's so weird. That, yeah, we definitely like to build them up and knock them down. There's no doubt about that. But it's weird how, how people just get locked into that. Yeah. You know? What's Lindy Lohan up to now? It's like once she becomes like this sideshow, they just – there's a market – it, she becomes, it's almost like she becomes infected with fame. Yeah. And then that fame it fucking sucks onto her. And she needs it sort of to give her money. And, and they need her and people like her yeah. to fuel the, their, you know, their little publicity machine. It's really fascinating stuff. Because they also have an incestuous relationship a lot of times. Some of these celebrities, they actually choose to get their photos taken. They ask, oh, sure. they ask to set things up. Yeah, yeah. And their publicists set things up to keep them, you know, in the in the chatter. We had it's Justin, fascinating. We had Justin Bieber at the Laugh Factory one night. And I knew he was up there. And, you know, he even said a couple things to me. I was hosting. And he had uh, that really cute little chick that he goes out with. I forget. She's a singer. I think it's Selena Gomez. Yes, yeah, right. Beautiful. I'm sad. I know that. But I do. She's beautiful. But he said it before I could. Anyway, he... Uh, his, his manager came up to Jamie to ask me to mention that he was there. I thought that was so unusual because, you know, a lot of times, like, say, Sean Penn comes in. He just wears his baseball cap down, nothing, not a word. Right. You know, and this kid won the detention. I'm thinking, how much fucking attention do you need? You're like one of the most famous <laughs> famous 16-year-olds ever. Ever. You know. Well, that's, you but know. He wanted to be brought up. You know, I mean, like, like I get a hand for him and all this shit. Really? Yeah. Well, he's probably, you know, it's his thing. He gets a kick out of doing that. Yeah. <laughs> he can just show up places and people cheer him. I bet he could, like, do that. Just show up at a restaurant. Ladies oh, and gentlemen, Justin yeah. Bieber's here. Yeah! That's a fascinating thing, man. Well, it's fascinating to me that people comp movie stars and hmm. couldn't give a fuck about the guy who's laying in the alley. Right. Star, you know, it's like... Well, he seems like he's handling it way better than most people would. Well, it's pretty unusual, yeah. I mean, he's like, yeah, he says some s silly things every now and again, but he's like 17 years old or 18 years old, whatever he is. You should see the girl. It's a young huh? kid. That girl's fucking hot. <laughs> you can't say that. I think she's too young. I'm allowed I think to you're allowed to say she's, she's hot. 18. She's, she's 18? Okay. Well, if she's 17, I don't think you can't you say, say she's it. Hot. I think you got to lie to yourself. <laughs> What a girl, seventeen. I don't she was think just seventeen. You know what I mean? Don't forget <laughs> yeah, when, right. When that they... was okay. He just sing back then. Yeah, but don't forget, he was only twenty. How about Gene Simmons? Christine, sixteen. Oh yeah, remember that? Christine. Oh, with Kiss. Sixteen, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Those are Gene Simmons joint. She was just seventeen. You know what I mean? But the <laughs> yeah. way she looked was like beyond compare. Wow. But this was a, a Gene Simmons was singing how he has to have her. I've yeah. got to have you. <laughs> I've got to, Christine. That's a great fucking song. And if you say it's not a great song, I say, fuck you, bitch. That's good. That's a no. mature reaction. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I handle it. Fuck you, bitch. There was you song. can't shit on my childhood. Yeah, there, was, there were a, a couple of Sweet 16 songs. Yeah, there was a lot of creepy dudes back then that That's got away with creepy, it. creepy, but if you're 18. Yeah, people died younger back then. What it was. We're not talking about the Roman Empire, Joe. That's what it was, Damarera. People died earlier back Come then. On, it's a known fact. That's what people could have said before <laughs> Wikipedia. Before yeah, before Google. That's yeah. a big point right there. 
a known fact. And that guy could just bullshit you <laughs> right, out of the ground. Right. And there's nothing you could say. If he was good at bullshit, you'd be like, all right. No, you just don't want to fucking admit the Encyclopedia Britannica. I've read all the volumes. <laughs> like, you don't know if you read it. Ah, fuck. We're in a quagmire here. <laughs> you can't get out of this bullshit conversation. Asshole. Asshole's just bullshitting. I know he's bullshitting. And then you find out years later that he was bullshitting. It's, it's a known too fact. That's funny. Those motherfuckers. Those it's a known fact guys. <laughs> they talk some crazy you shit. You can look it up. I can't look it up yet. Imagine what if you were like a long time bullshitter. Like if you're a crazy con man type dude and you're just, a, just a, a, an excellent bullshitter for many, many years. Yeah. I wonder how pissed those people were when Google came along. Oh, I know. It's like all of a sudden, you know, like they could make up the name of a company. Make up the name of a corporation. Yeah. And now you'd go, do you have a website? And they'd be like, no, we don't have a website. You'd be like, oh, really? I was watching Catch Me If You Can the other day where Leonardo DiCaprio is just like he becomes a pilot when he's 17. Right, and just right. starts making checks and getting money. You can't do that shit today, son. Walked into a bank and they oh, believed yeah. him Didn't because he, he was a pilot. Did he yeah. perform an operation too? Or was that the one? Uh, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, the, the idea that you could like have a fake company and get people to invest in your fake company and then you get, oh, where's the money? Shit. Yeah, yeah. That, those days are, I mean, you have to be really dumb. I'm sure there's people that are really dumb or get, you know, they're super gullible, older folks or people with mental illnesses that get sucked into weird deals. Yeah, and, the, and uh, people that are trying to get a quick buck, like the, yeah. the Madoff thing. Madoff thing, I, I was personally affected by that because people I love. But a lot of people are just looking for – People like a, that you love lost money? Oh, millions. Yeah. Millions. Wow. Well, you love a lot of people that are fucking powerfully rich. <laughs> <laughs> I know some people. I've been around. That's a lot of money. I've been around a millions. couple times. Yeah, that Bernie Madoff thing was uh, – to me, you know what that showed? That showed that this is a crazy system because if you guys didn't know he was cheating, yeah. how is it possible? How is it possible because that it was like no a pyramid one knew? Scheme and there were people still collecting money, so they yeah. were, they were teased by it constantly. Well, they weren't just teased; they benefited and profited yeah. from it immensely. Some of them made like big profits, but there's other ones that lost so much fucking money. Oh yeah, that guy just went baller on everybody; just had everybody's money all tucked away and just squirreled it off. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy fucking sociopathic asshole, and it's just. What are you trying to say? I just. He ain't a bad guy. He's just a victim of circumstance. Probably a psychopath. But the idea that it's possible for a guy to do that, that was so disheartening for me. Because I thought that it was more complicated and I thought it was yeah. more secure than that. Well, I thought, some of it had to do with the greed of the people too. Of wanting to be quick, quickly rich or – you know. And these are people that like I said, like I know a lot of people that, and, they, and I care about them. But they, they readily admit they were looking for a quick buck. Right, of course. You know? Yeah, well, that's what he was promising, right? right? He was promising big returns to a lot of people, right? It's just a shocking thing, like what he, how much money he was handling. You know, it's really shocking. Yeah. And then the wife's trying to squirrel some away and disappear into the night while the husband's locked up in jail for the rest of his life. Did one of his sons commit suicide? Yeah, I think so. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, it was tough. You he should have just changed his name. Oh, my God. Should have just what? Changed his name. <laughs> the son? Madoff. Yeah, I don't think it was even that. No, but the son just realized like his Yeah, that's you know, I think especially uh, when you're a young man and you you know, probably grow up thinking that your family is doing uh really well because your father is a hard working, smart man and then he brings you into the business. And then somewhere along the line, they probably had it figured out. Somewhere yeah. along the line. If they didn't know from the jump, 
And then the guy couldn't take it, I guess. Or who knows? The pressure of prosecution. Well, the pressure, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're talking about like billions, billions and billions of dollars, right? Yeah. Was it in, what was the, the number? What was the I don't total know, number? But it was definitely in the billions that I've heard. Like, I think it was like yeah, yeah, it's a known fact. billion. Joe. Jesus Christ. It's a known fact. <laughs> It's a known fact. This fucking guy <laughs> lost more money. I'm smelling Bitsky. There's uh, did I ever tell you? Did I ever tell you what Eddie Murphy was? Eddie Griffin was saying after 9/11. But <laughs> a lot of people don't even know that they store gold under the World Trade Center. Oh no! And the subways kept running 24 hours a day. <laughs> well, you know, he, he would get high and just say uh, crazy shit. He he actually thinks he's like a genius. And I heard he's, him one night at the at the store. And it, this is who who's going to argue with this bit? He goes, "We got to stop giving our kids in Compton guns and knives and educate." Like, first of all, who gives their kids a gun? Hey, come here, Johnny. I want you to have a gun and a knife here. Go to, you know, go to school. And he said, we've got to start educating them, give them pencils and papers and books. Like, who the fuck is not going to agree <laughs> to educate kids? I don't think they need education. They Eddie, need guns and knives. Eddie Griffin definitely had some crazy times, but I've seen Eddie Griffin fucking destroy. Really? I saw him in his prime when he did his first comedy special. It was a short set, I believe. Like, I want to say it was a half an hour, but it might have been even less. He had a lot of confidence. God damn, he crushed, Dominic. He fucking crushed. He crushed, and it was it was a scary talent. It was a scary level of talent and energy that he put out. And I remember watching him going, wow, that guy is fucking good. I remember thinking that, like, wow, that guy's got a lot of power in his act. You know, his act was, like, scary. It was like, boom, bang, bang. Yeah, yeah. It was so good. It was so dynamic, the way he moved, you know, the way he paused and expressed himself. And, you know, he had, like, moments like that that make me think, like, if that guy just really dedicated himself to nothing but yeah. stand-up and really, like, went legit and I, went down the path. He had moments. If he could recapture those moments. Yeah, I agree. I think he had some mental issues, to say the least. He could be a little bit dumb. A little bit fucking dizzy. It's a known fact that, uh, <laughs> that a he lot of people he, of his ilk, the <laughs> stand-up comedian fellas, uh, a lot of you motherfuckers go crazy. It's a known fact. Yeah. Dom Herrera, it's a known fact. Your mental illness and your being funny is not a coincidence, Dom Herrera. Okay? It's a known fact. You know, Joe, you people think I'm your ilk. I think I'm paranoid. You don't think I see these people laying for me in the bushes outside waiting to fucking stop me? Eddie Griffin was fucking funny at one time. I don't know. I haven't seen Eddie in a long time. I shouldn't say isn't, he isn't anymore. You know, who knows? Might be out there killing it. But uh, I don't hear about him much. I know that he has. He's a funny guy, though. The one, oh, he's, he's a the warm one. guy, too. Yeah, he does. He's a he, very he's warm got a good guy. Heart. He's, he, he is a very, very friendly guy. Part of his deal when he goes to a comedy club is he has to have brand new sneakers. <laughs> you, ever, you ever hear this? Oh, I've heard yeah. I've heard things like this. Yeah. I didn't know it was him. Yeah, I don't know whether <laughs> I don't know whether they're Adidas or or I think whatever <sighs> it is, it's a big company, and he has to have a brand new pair of white Michael Jordans or something. Mm, I think it's Nike. Nike, Nike. but uh, fucking hilarious. That's the well. Demand, the demand that the guy goes, well, I couldn't fucking find them. Well, if you like to wear, if you have a thing where you need to wear brand new sneakers right as you walk on stage and that gives you like superpower, that might sound ridiculous, but 
if you were a young guy and you grew up poor, when you got a new pair of sneakers, that yeah. was like a really exciting thing. So it could be that by not wearing the sneakers until he goes on stage, like he like he like he makes him feel like with new sneakers on, like it gives him a little extra power. And it sounds ridiculous, but I remember when I was a kid, getting a new pair of sneakers was like a big deal. So maybe for him, he like kept that tradition. Joe. And it's easier for him if they buy it. Like, why don't you, you buy Because I want to change them right before I go on stage. I asked you before I came on the show <laughs> not to be insightful and intelligent. Not to have any compassion for people. And there you go. No, you're I, right. That's a good thought. I try I'm to right. have as much compassion for people as possible. Even people that interrupt our pool game, Dom Herrera. Even people that interrupt. <laughs> I can't believe when we, when we get racking. fucking serious here, Dom Herrera and I, when we when we play, like we occasionally will joke around. But Dom plays very good pool, and uh, I play pretty good pool, and we we have some fun you, battles. It's really fun to get Joe, excited. Joe, about first it. of all, you play more than pretty good. Not to get the same yeah, amount. It's it a known fact. Joe's like I'm right a, below a, a consistent pro. B player. No, you're a consistent like. Uh, for a regular person, I'm an A player. But for a regular pool player, I'm a B player. I just don't have enough time. No, you're more than an A player for a regular person. No, no, Joe, no, Joe, I, no, I never no, fucking no. played anybody that ran out nine ball like you. It's done all yeah, the time. Yeah, but not regular people. <laughs> I'm telling you. I, wow. I played a lot of pool in my life. I am... I beat you know it's so funny when I'm not playing against you because I get a chance to shoot more. Right. I play better. Oh yeah, but yeah. You, you sit the guy tighten down. Tighten up. Yeah. You know, and then you want to get back on the table. I can run some packages, but I can't run packages like my friends can. So like I have the luxury of knowing Max Eberly, who's like one of the best pool players in the world. Oh, you know yeah. Max very well. Me and Max, we spar every time I go to Vegas. And we, we, pool spar. Yeah. I mean, you know, play. He just fucking keeps me in the chair. The guy just runs out from everywhere. He's a monster. He's Max a monster. Max Haberly is a, like world class. He won the straight pool uh, championships at the the Derby City Classic this year. What he run? It's one of the prestigious uh, pool tournaments in the world. I don't know what he ran. I mean, but he regularly runs a hundred balls. Yeah, I that's mean, incredible. That's yeah, he's a world class pro. He's a world class pro and a sweetheart of a guy. He's a sweetheart, Max Haberly. Yeah, yeah. What a nice guy. I miss fun that guy place. to be around. We used to have, oh, know, yeah. I miss it, too. What was that? Not Hollywood Billiards. The Hollywood Billiards. Yeah. What was the one before that that we used to go to by the gym? By the gym. Right off of Hollywood Boulevard across from the Cat and Fiddle. Remember? Isn't that Hollywood Billiards? Well, then we went to another place on Hollywood Boulevard. What was that called? Remember? Oh. We went to two places for years. Two places. The second one. Oh, I know what you're talking about. The Boston the Athletic, Athletic Club. Club. Yeah, Athletic yeah, that's Club. the first place we went yeah. to. Yeah, that place was great. That was great. That was a uh, a former athletic club that yeah. they converted into this giant pool hall. Yeah, because they had the track upstairs. I used to play in a Saturday tournament there. They used to have, when I first moved to L.A., they had a Saturday morning tournament. It was like started at like 11 a.m. I made I made like good friends there, that Saturday morning yeah, pool yeah. tournament. That was when I first moved here. That was a great place. Remember, they had the like the track o- along the top of it. Yeah, I remember we doubled one night. We took the girls to oh, that's so- right, Sophie yeah. and was her name Jerry. Yeah, <laughs> I only remember her because she was hot. Isn't that sad? Oh, that's well, you know, it's not sad. But I mean, that's all I remember. <laughs> yeah, the pool is a great thing on a date, except if a chick beats you. If a chick beats you, it's very depressing. Yeah, if a chick beats happen. you at pool, but there's a thing about a girl beating you at pool that's demoralizing for some dudes. It's funny to watch. I had a friend who said, will you shoot my girlfriend? Because she was practicing a lot. And she said to me, I'm going to kick your ass. Oh, my goodness. Right? So. First of all, how rude. 
she uh, she broke, and I ran the table. Ran oh, the table. Shit. Right? Yeah, it was fucking easy. It was those pockets like this. Oh yeah, right. right? It's not like what we play when the ball just about fits in it. And, and I ran the table, and I go, eh, "So much for kicking my ass." She goes, "You want to play again?" I go, "No." Oh, shut her down. You're saying it's over. Yeah. You don't like that kind of attitude from women. I don't like kind of attitude from, from anybody. anybody. I don't like braggers and I'm going to kick your ass. But that said, a woman that can kick your ass in pool, she doesn't have to be rude about it. Just a woman who can kick your ass in pool Just is humiliating for men. <laughs> a nice woman who's very polite, who kicks your ass, like that Allison Fisher woman, you know who she is? Of course. She'd kick my ass, for sure. Easy. Mm-hmm. She'd kick my ass. Trust me, she's way better than me. Who's the big blonde? She was like a snooker champion, and she oh, came yeah. over to she came over from Europe and just dominated women's pool. In fact, here's the that's the real problem with pool's popularity. This woman, Allison Fisher, is probably the most dominant sports person ever in any sport, wow. in any game, in women's billiards. Yeah, I love watching her shoot. And it's not like there's only a few women playing women's billiards. Right. There was a lot of really good players. There was like, you know, not, everybody knows Jeanette Lee, the Dragon. black widow, because she's yeah. beautiful, yeah, beautiful she's Asian beautiful. woman. But there's like a whole gang of like top pros that would tour around the country, and this woman consistently beat all of them yeah. on a regular basis. She was like player of the year, like who knows how many fucking years in a row. She won the U.S. Open. Who knows how many years in a row? Like, or what? Not one. I don't know if it was the U.S. Open. Whatever the WPBA, right. whatever their version of like their national championship. She would win every year. No, she I don't even a understand. Monster. Why are men better than women? Why are the top? doesn't make much sense. Doesn't but make any sense. It's just a coordination it, thing. It, it is and it isn't. Um, I mean, it can be overcome. Like women like Allison Fisher, she could beat a, a man playing pool. Yeah, there's a few, but she she wouldn't beat the top pros. Most likely not. And it, there's a few issues I don't understand with why. spatial. Uh, intelligence uh-huh. there's something um to uh and this is like really theoretical stuff i think something to the way the male mind interprets uh-huh. 3d space that it is uh it's beneficial for certain things and pool might be one of them because uh after the break pool doesn't really rely on strength no and the average woman could easily uh stroke a ball about as hard as you need to you really don't yeah. ever need to hit it really hard outside of the break the break shot, especially in rotation games or eight ball, it becomes a big issue because if a guy can really smash the rack, he can make – like sometimes you break and you make like four balls on the break. Like that, there's like this, that guy Shane Van Boning who's a fascinating character because he's the best – one of the be- – the best pool player in America and one of the best players in the world. Really? Yeah, and he's deaf. And when he plays, he shuts his hearing aid off. And he's not good because of that, uh-huh. but it is an added element. It's good because he's good. He's He practices relentlessly. The guy's like super dedicated. He's right. good because of that. But he's also got this added element where he can shut that he thing off piece. and he doesn't hear anything. He doesn't yeah. hear anything. So when he's in pro tournaments, he goes That's into this fair. weird zone. It's kind of weird. Yeah. It's kind of weird. It's, it's really fascinating because it's a form of sensory deprivation. And people have actually decided that it, it's, uh, it helps them so much that people started wearing like earmuffs and shit. Really? So this, yeah. <laughs> this is guy Earl Strickland. And, I know uh, Earl Strickland. Yeah, he's an amazing, amazing player. He puts these, uh, these things that like the um, air traffic controllers wear, yeah, yeah. these giant head things uh-huh. over his head. And he, he plays pool with those on. It's, <laughs> it's fucking gigantic. Just to, get, to even it off with just the other so, guy. Yeah, so Poor he puts earplugs. his senses. Yeah, but he tries to recreate it. He puts earplugs in, too. Uh-huh. So he puts earplugs in, and then he puts these gigantic fucking earmuffs over the earplugs. And then he plays He plays like a man possessed. The, the, both of those guys, they play scary. 
Pool's sure. at that level. Pool is madness. It Did really you hear is. Willie Moscone? Oh, of course, I've heard of him. Oh, okay. Sure, because he was the guy that was the big deal in Philly. High run kid. is trade pool, all time high run. Really, I think it's like five hundred eighty balls. Oh my god! Yeah, he ran it, but it was on. It's very controversial because he ran it on a four by eight. It wasn't a four and a half by nine. Uh, <laughs> That's is that how true? much of a dork I am. Is that true? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Luther Lasseter was table. a guy who. I don't know if you ever heard that name. Yes, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was yeah. A, Wimpy. A big straight pool. Yeah. Yeah, man. If there was money in pool when I was a kid, I would have become a professional pool player. Because I was enjoying it. There's Earl Stricken with the earmuffs on. Because I was enjoying playing pool as much as I was enjoying doing comedy. But I wasn't good enough to like well, you do, go professional. You know, we talked about this. You would never have the time because you're, you have too much of a career. If, believe me, if you were on a lull as a comedian, you could you could turn pro. But it's, if you could play four hours a day, it's so much time and so much effort. And the, the guys that are that are playing that are at the like the highest level of the game, there's several notches better than me. It wouldn't be like an easy thing to even like do battle with those guys. It would take a long time. It you'd seems win, like you'd, it would. you'd win some nine ball games. Though. Well, thank you very much, Tom. That's no, very you sweet would win. Of you. I mean, straight pull, a guy can sit you. There's nothing you can do. Yeah, it's just too bad that that game doesn't get like it's to me. It's like a form of meditation. It's like if I can get into the zone and I can block everything else out and I can move the ball exactly where I want it to go and I know where it's going. I know yeah. how to hit it. I know what speed to hit it and it gets to the right spot. There's a, there's a beautiful feeling to that. It's a it's a it's like a, a, a you're like enforcing this weird Zen state. Yeah. Enforcing this state where you you know exactly how many rotations a ball's gonna go. For people who don't play pool, they're like, "Should you shut the fuck up about pool already, <laughs> Joe Rogan? <laughs> Jesus Christ! I didn't fucking tune in for a fucking pool podcast, and you queers don't even talk about MMA. Okay, John Jones broke his foot. You didn't say a word about it on your podcast." Well, I had to show you my shaky hand when you. Uh, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I got this uh, thing. Is that a nerve issue? Yeah. But what did you hurt? You hurt your shoulder. It wasn't as bad. Uh, I know. I never hurt anything. It's, it's something in the nerve. The chiropractor told me. He said, "You know, if it doesn't bother you, he said it bothers my friends more than me." Do you stretch out at all? At all, and do anything oh, like yeah. that? Yeah. You know, I dance in my house. <laughs> I do. I, I do uh, interpret modern jazz. Do you do any athletics at all? Little uh, stair climber, elliptical machine? I don't like where you're going. <laughs> I got to tell you. I'm just saying frankly, stretching very is, is very good for the pliability you want, you, of the limbs. So it piece might of help this? your nerves. Do you want a piece of this right now? No, nay. I do Come not. Come on over here. Let me, Listen, if you uh, I do. Uh, I do the treadmill. Ah, I do. It's, it's a shame when you can't tell if somebody ever worked out. That's <laughs> pathetic. Do you do anything physically? That's not what I meant. I mean, I was trying to find out what it was and whether or not you incorporated stretches, especially no, stretches to your shoulders. I, and I your especially spine. stretch on the road uh, after flights and all that, and you know, that's good. Yeah, I do the uh, people don't stretch like yoga lot. things. A lot of oh, whatever, I, whatever I learned from the videos. That's my know. favorite thing to do before I go on stage. My favorite thing to do, I do yoga. Yeah. That's my favorite thing to do. I, I've tried a bunch of different things that feel good before I go on stage. Hard cardio is one of them. Hard cardio makes me high. Like when I really do like really hard cardio. You like do that before you go on stage? Yeah, about a, two hours. I like to do it like two hours before. Especially before like it's a big show. Yeah. If I'm going to be thinking about it, I don't, don't want to trip It does give you energy. It. Yeah. It, well, it not, not, doesn't do – it just releases some weird endorphin with me uh -huh. where like oh. I, if I do like a real hard cardio session where I just feel silly. I just uh, – it makes me sillier. Yeah, it it makes relieves you. me. 
it relieves me of like physical tension. It just makes me sillier. And yeah. I think when I, whenever I can go on stage and be in more of a silly mood, and the sillier I can feel, the, the more funny I think things are, which is the more funny I, you get I, a kick out of it, yeah. I am, the more funny I deliver it. Yeah, when you get a kick out of it. And when you're, you know, you're, you're saying it in a way that's, uh, that connects with people. Like sometimes if you're like too upset about something and they don't understand why, yeah, yeah. it connects with people. It has to be uh, an honest uh, – there's a, an honest balance for why you're pissed off or why you're happy. You know, like it's, it's got to be an honest balance. And if sometimes, you know, that weird feeling when you watch someone on stage and they're acting pissed off about something, but you know they're not really pissed off about it, and how oh, yeah, gross yeah. that is. Yeah. That this this airplane that, food. Yeah. Well, it's not even that. Like someone like just they just fake it. Like whatever it is. Well, what I Maybe hate it's is a, a fake laugh. Well, well, always yeah. at the same time. Yeah. You know. That, yeah. Like, and I can name you five people that do it. I don't even want to get into that. Yeah, you know, you know when someone's mad for real, and you know why they're mad for real. Like you feel it. You, you know when someone's mad for real. You know when they really are upset. You yeah. know it, and you know when someone's faking it. And when they're faking it, it's really weird. Yeah, <laughs> it's so awkward. It's too much of an act. Yeah, and I know a lot of us, especially when you're doing it on stage, it's like you just you you know you don't. Either you don't realize that yet or, you know, maybe you're just out of sorts that night. Yeah. Could be you're out of sorts that night and you just – you have a, a bad set. You're not in the right mm -hmm. groove. I mean I've we've all had those over the years. You know, I love weird... watching Joey Diaz because of that because <laughs> Joey is so fucking real. Yeah. There's not a phony bone in his body. And these motherfuckers. You know, he's just like so pure. In that sense, like oh yeah, he's not trying to win anybody over. No, he's just trying to be funny to the people who love Joey Diaz. I think he just he realized somewhere along the line that he was he's really good. He realized he that. really is. Yeah, yeah he realized, but he realized that himself, and he didn't give a fuck anymore. And when he didn't give a fuck anymore, it's like that's when people like really wanted to hear more. And so all the people around him, like if he had anyone around him that didn't believe in him at this point, they all really have fallen by the wayside. Right. You know, it took it a long road for Joey to like get recognized as how funny he really is. Yeah, yeah. And along the way, a lot of people had a chance to work with that guy and they didn't believe in him. Yeah. I was right. telling people about Joey Diaz in like 1998. I was wow. like, you're, you're fucking crazy. I'm like, this guy makes me laugh hard all the time. Yeah. He makes me laugh hard. I go, he doesn't give a fuck and he makes me laugh hard. And they're like, he's too this and he's too that and this doesn't work and that doesn't work. And if he can't be in a sitcom, you know. Yeah, yeah. My agent called me up and he said, do you like Joey Diaz? I go, I love him. He goes, you want to work with him? I go, yeah, anything. We're doing the Ice House at the end of July. That's awesome. Yeah, it'd be fun. That's a beautiful show. I might come and watch. You know what? I what day is that? I think it's 27, 28 if I remember in my my uh but a weird mind that I can't remember good, shit. I don't remember do why I walked calendar. into a room. Like I, I'm like I'm like a savant. What days are those? Friday, Saturday. Okay, it's not the 27th and the 28th. Whatever. See, I was wrong. My savantness didn't kick in. It could be the 24th and the 25th. Does that make sense? It could be that. What's the last weekend in July? The last weekend is that. And then there's the 31st and the 1st. No, that would be it. The 31st the, and the 1st. The one before that. The one before it. Damn, I'm not even going to be around. I'm going to be in Vegas. I want to see that. Where you go? What do you got coming? I'm going. That's I'm, a UFC. UFC. What do you got weekend. coming up, Joe? I'm doing Atlanta this week, the Improv, and then Hilarities in Cleveland. You ever do Hilarities? No, I have not. Yeah. I'm looking no. forward to the Improv. I don't think I Atlanta. did. Maybe I did. What What other clubs are in Cleveland? Is there an Improv in Cleveland? Yeah, there's an Improv in Cleveland. I think I did that. 
Hilarity's is, the, is one of the nicest clubs I've ever seen. Looks like a giant cruise ship. It's got everything. It's got a fucking martini bar, dancing girls, a sports bar, theater. <laughs> I did uh, one of the clubs in Cleveland. I think it was the Improv. I did it with uh, Heffron and Charlie yeah, Murphy. It's got. It's right next to a strip club. I don't remember that. Oh. I'd go by – there were like markings <laughs> in my life. We didn't have much time when we did this tour. I did this Maxim comedy tour way back in the day with Heffron and Charlie Murphy. It was really fun. Now John was feisty. He liked to fight. Did he? Heffron? I don't know. He never seemed like that with me. We were always I, very friendly I had with each other. No, no. Not with me. Oh, with I other had, people? Yeah. No, oh, no. really? I, I, I got along with him great. He's a great guy. Yeah. But, I mean, we were out a couple times. I think he stopped drinking, but – he wanted a fucking fight. I said, Joe, John, what are you, crazy? Oh, yeah. It's probably the yeah. booze. The yeah, demon in a bottle. That. Old demon. Demon in a bottle. Yeah, but we uh, we did that place. And we did a different place almost every night. It was really crazy. We were out for 20, this was after was 22 the, gigs. After the that exposure he got on that. Uh, yes. After yeah. he won. Heffron won Last oh, Comic Standing. Right. And Charlie Murphy had just done the Chappelle show. Nice guy, Charlie Murphy. Fucking yeah. sweetheart of a guy. So, yeah. And as, as real as they come. And a great storyteller, man. Charlie oh, yeah. Murphy will kill you in the green room. He'll tell you some stories in the green room and just kill you. He's a, a natural storyteller. You know, See, that's a fun thing. You get to bring people with you and stuff. That's cool. Well, that wasn't my idea. That was yeah. it was something that Maxim and Bud Light put together. Oh, we, okay. we all just did it together and became friends once we did. It. I was just right. I didn't know either one of those guys before we did the tour, so it was so lucky that they're both cool as fuck. Because yeah, yeah. Halfron is cool as fuck, and yeah, so he's... is Charlie Murphy, and that's how we met Tom Segura too. Uh-huh. We were at the um, the the celebrity theater in Phoenix, right, right. and uh, Segura was the opening act. The lo- like they would do, Maxim would hire like a local act, like a you know a local pro, and they right. would do like ten f- minutes or so before the um, the show would start with uh, Heffron, and then it would either be me or Charlie Murphy. And um, most of the guys were good. They were all good. But one guy, one guy was a dick. One crazy guy in Boston was a douchebag. He was crazy Who and drunk. I don't know his name, man. He was hey, like angry and drunk. Yes, I do. Okay. When you said crazy in Boston. But they, they all were pretty good. But, but Segura just really stood out. No kidding. Oh, yeah, yeah. He went out there. I mean, the Celebrity Theater was a weird place, too, because it was in the round. Those, those shows are odd if you've never done that before. And uh, yeah, he went I've out. Done it. He went out there and just. I did it with Lenny Clark. Laid it. He did. Yeah, Lenny Clark. Lenny Clark and I. Now he was a tough fuck. Lenny Clark. He's fucking huge. He's a big fella. Not anymore. Well, I mean, I mean, yeah. he's big. Like he's a big man. But not anymore. No. He's well, now thin. he's thin. Yeah. You mean oh, he's, he's in still, shape? Yeah. But he was. He was. I mean, he wasn't always fat. But he was big. No, he was. Like, big. When Plus, he was you young, know he would fight. Oh, oh yeah. And he might have a little bit of the yayo in his system too before he slugged you. Those guys were animals. Those guys, like those guys, da- Gavin and Sweeney and Good Knox, group. animals. Kenny Knox Rod- was a little bit later. Kenny Rogerson. Those guys were savages. They don't get nearly the credit they deserve. There should have been a time capsule that really captured that moment in comedy. Didn't they? Did didn't somebody do a, a movie about them? Yeah, yeah. Franz Halamita yeah. did. It's pretty good. It was when stand-up stood out. Very good, actually. I mean, for me, I'm, I don't want to – because it was so close to home, I guess it was much more impactful. Yeah. I don't want to oversell it, but I thought it was really fascinating. If you're a fan of comedy, I think it's brilliant. I'll just never forget how they didn't bury me in, in Boston. <laughs> they first. tried. No, no, they yeah. didn't. They really, like, 
you could tell that they, we, we had an instant relationship. Yeah. And Don Gavin gave me a great intro, and nobody tried the. Like, well, they didn't want to, bro. If that's what you mean, like they didn't think you were a dick. They all loved you. Yeah, that's. Yeah. They were good to me. They would. They would think some guys were dicks, though. Yeah, and they would green light them. Oh yeah, you, you couldn't because that was like a freight train of comedy. You couldn't yeah. fuck with that. If they that. they greenlit Billy Crystal. They did that to Richard Lewis too. <laughs> Richard Lewis hid behind the stage till the audience left. There was these guys, man, and you know he was one of them that uh, for whatever reason they they Crystal? generated well um, a little bit of Billy Crystal, but more Richard Lewis. They these guys generated a lot of hate. Yeah. At a certain certain comedians, like certain comedians, like were like this guy just ain't fucking funny. He's not fucking funny, you know. Right, like right. I heard, I heard like club owners say that. I was like, why? Like obviously, some people like him. Like he obviously has a, like an audience, right? Well, yeah. You gotta like, but it's from his movies more than his stand up. Oh, I don't know about that with with Richard Lewis. Oh, I mean, Richard I think, Lewis. No, no, I thought you were talking about Billy Crystal. No, yeah, Richard no, no. Lewis definitely a stand up. Yeah, but for whatever reason, there's like certain people that will love to hate that guy or disrespect yeah. his comedy. It's like everybody's got different tastes, and that's so hard for like some people who are fans of stand up comedy to realize. That's why there's no best stand up. Yeah, well, not only is there no best stand up, you're crazy to look for it. Yeah. Like, don't even look for it. It's but, just, just, just enjoy what you enjoy. Because it's subjective. It's not objective. Like, if there's a there, the, there's a best hundred yard dash guy because the yeah. fastest guy wins. You can't yeah. argue. I think the third guy was faster. And there's some guys that all they, I mean, they want to see Gaffigan say anything Gaffigan says. There's some guys and gals that Gaffigan just fucking for whatever it is, he hits their frequency. And for other folks, it's a tell, you know. And whatever it is, it is. And you can't get upset that that some guys like a tell, like wow, oh, I don't. I didn't see it. I didn't see it. Relax. Don't concentrate on that. I know. You know, you just relax. Don't get angry. Yeah. <laughs> People love telling me that Dane Cook's not funny. They I know. Like, it's like, okay, relax. Yeah. It's like, you, you don't have to think he's funny. Yeah. Apparently, he made millions of dollars because somebody thought he was funny. So. People get too much pleasure out of other people sucking. Yeah. That, that is a problem. That's a weird thing with people. Yeah. That they get this weird pleasure out of other people sucking. <laughs> I don't know what it is. It's interesting though. It's a it's a weird little side effect, a little hater side effect. It's jealousy. It's a combination of a lot of things. But it's so bad for the person who thinks it. That's what they don't understand. Like, it's a, just a massive distraction. You know, yeah. so it just takes away so much energy from your own life because instead of concentrating on this other person, you should be concentrating on your own shit. And if something bothers you. You should find a way, if at all possible, and that's, of course, it's some egregious offense or crime or some, some sort of sin against man and nature. Find some way to turn it into a motivating factor for you. If you yeah. feel weak because you see some guy like, you know, I don't know, name your fucking b mogul, Bill Gates on TV, and right. then he's got a billion dollars in his underwear, you know, and you feel like, God, I can't even fucking pay my student loans. Smart. Figure yeah, figure out what, what the fuck you need to do so that you become so successful that you don't worry about Bill Gates anymore. Yeah. You don't have to be as successful as Bill Gates, but become enough of uh, a person who figures your way through the net of civilization to the point where you don't have to worry. When maybe for everybody has their own gradient. For some people, it might be just making a living is good enough. 
You know, for some people, it has nothing to do with how much money they make. It has to do with getting their fucking mind right. You know, going to mm. either going to a shrink or doing some yoga or going on a mushroom trip. Figure out whatever the fuck you need to do to get your mind right. Cause it doesn't matter how much money you make. It doesn't matter anything that else is going on in your life. If you don't have your mind right, yeah. if you're not thinking about life clearly, you're going you're gonna to make some shitty, stupid decisions. You're going you're gonna to be annoying to almost everybody around you. <laughs> you're going to fuck things up left and right. Get it together, bitch. Hey, you talking to me? No, not you. <laughs> Damn, all right. You know I would never. Are you, uh, so you're going to, this, to find Sasquatch? I'm going to find can Sasquatch. Can we talk about that? Yes, we are. We can. Can't talk too much because it is top secret, Damn, all right. But for my new sci-fi show, I'm very soon in the near future, I'm going to go searching for Sasquatch in a very peculiar and particular location that has been known for a high volume of Sasquatch sightings. Damarara. Is there a particular forest that he frequents? Perhaps. Is there more than one? I can't say. I can't say. Is there more than one? I've said too much already, but we will be camping and we'll be, we will be getting our freak on in the woods. I don't think I'd want to go camping, Joe. Yeah, maybe not. I'll tell you when I get back whether or not it was worth it. Well, didn't you go somewhere with Callan? Yeah, we went hunting in Montana. Right. Notice I said hunting with no G. <laughs> That's because I'm a hunter. It's, I say it so often. It just flows off the tongue. We went hunting. You live by you I live by your, a code on my railroad. I make my own arrows. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was uh, – did you ever see that Bo Jackson thing? What Bo Jackson thing? But he makes his own arrows. Oh, does he really? Yeah, he's fucking crazy. Oh, he's like a madman like, hunter and fisherman, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's a real outdoorsman. He, ca- right? The calibrator, and he's sitting there, and it's, it's, so that's his, his favorite thing in the world. Well, like, it's arrows. very fun, you know. The people don't want to hear that because they don't want you going out there killing animals. They think, oh, wow, you can't say it's fun. You say that, you call that fun, man. Well, it's rewarding and beautiful, and it connects you to nature, and it's very humbling, and it's also, you know, it's a really intense thing, like making your own, getting your own food. You know, like, going out and hunting your own food is very intense. I don't, I don't think everybody should have to do it, but for me, it was, uh, it was pretty intense. I, I like five star restaurants. <laughs> I like being upgraded. Me too. These, all these things are good as well. Yeah, I just, uh, I'm, I'm yeah. too lazy to. I don't want to like pick up a tent. <sighs> I feel you. I feel you, bro. I'm not into it all the time. I, but I, I respect just, that you like it. But, no, you I don't know. like it. No, you just do it. You just I, just because I don't like it doesn't mean I'm yeah, not going to do it. You went hunting with Brian. You must have liked yeah, that. Yeah, it was cold as fuck. We were camping out in the middle of the snow in Montana, <laughs> in, or in the middle of uh, freezing weather. It didn't snow. It did rain one day though. But it's it was worse than yeah. snow. Yeah, it's, you know it's miserable. But uh, I wanted to experience it. You know, I thought it'd be. Mm. I think we're so far removed from being in the wilderness that to have an opportunity, especially with like expert outdoorsman to go uh, out into the wilderness for five days. I'm like, I'm going, you know, this is, this is going to be wildness. Ari Shafir and I go on salmon fishing. We're headed up to the great white North of Alaska. We're trying is to get right? a date in Anchorage. Yeah. To go salmon fishing. I'm sure you could get a date in Anchorage. Yeah. We're going to go, uh, hopefully, uh, go catch some fucking salmon. Damarera. Pull those Swimming giant, upstream, those cocksuckers, giant monsters. Crazy fucking fish, powerful, muscular fish. Show them how quick you are. 
Imagine how hard it must have been to eat fish back before people figured out rods and reels and spears and shit like that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Fucking hard to get a fish meal. Yeah. You know? <laughs> what are you going to do? You going to grab it with your hands, stupid? Well, the idea of them swimming upstream, there were so many of them. You could, like, bat them out of the air. So ridiculous that that was, like, the choice for survival, that they would go all the way upstream back to the river no. or back up the mouth of the river. Not the brightest fish. Well, it's nuts that they live in fresh water and, and they also live in salt water. What a brackish, crazy animal. Brackish water. Yeah. Wild fucking animal. Is that a real um, thing that's been going around, this thing with human-like teeth? It's called a sheep shed. Sheed, sheep, sheep, sheep said <clears throat> fish. Sheep said fish. Yeah, it's all over the internet. Yeah, fish are weird, man. They're out there breathing water and shit, swimming around. I watched a show today about uh, a paddlefish. You know what a paddlefish is? No, it doesn't have any bones. Some weird prehistoric fish that lives in, uh, I think it was the Ozarks or something like that. I forget what they were saying. It's, it's a, wow. And the one that you can't even catch them with like bait. The way you catch them is by having a line with a bunch of hooks on it. And you just drop it down and keep pulling it up. You keep pulling it up, trying to snag something. And that's it if you snag it. And if you snag it, then you just pull it up to the surface. But you never, like, legitimately catch one ever. You just got to snag one. I never heard that's of that. It's the only way to catch them. Yeah, they're enormous. And they have no bones. They're so weird. They're some sort of weird prehistoric fish. And the way they gut them, it's so strange. They make an incision and then they pull out the spinal cord. They eat them? Yeah, they eat everything. They, and this, the, the row of, of these animals is apparently very much like um, sturgeon row, which is what caviar is, which is worth a lot of money. And so in order to make sure that they didn't uh, allow a market for this stuff to develop, even though it's legal to kill the animal and legal to eat the animal, it's only legal to possess its row on the dock. You can only either have it on your boat or on the dock. So you got to either eat that row or throw it out. Why? Because you can't take it with you because you can develop a market for it. You can't develop a market for it. Because then the animal's row would be worth too much, and they would worry that even though you you know you have a certain number that you can kill in a day and eat, like they they say it tastes good, they say it tastes like pork. That's what they're saying when they they uh, grilled it. They said because you know, like a lot of people like have an aversion to eating it because it's a strange like it's almost like they have like uh, prejudices against it because it doesn't have any bones and it looks like it's a, a fucking billion years old. It looks like a crazy dinosaur fish. It's amazing they keep discovering new species and new Have you fish. ever heard of a snakehead fish? Yeah, those are a real problem. They 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 have snakehead fishes in uh, fishes Central Park. Snakehead fish have been spotted in Central Central Park. Yeah, thanks really? for finishing my sentence. Yeah, this they've um, invaded in Central Park. How the fuck they get there? Somebody had to bring them. Yeah, that's what that's what's going yeah, on in Florida. They live outside right? of water for a f- couple of days, which is the scary part. Yeah, they walk, it. dude. They walk. <laughs> they walk. Hey, how you doing? How you doing? <laughs> Did you ever see that uh, special about the Congo? Where I think that's where they live. I think where they live is in the Congo. Um, it's the, the native to Asia and Russia is what this says. Is that what it is? That's what this article says. Well, they're, they're probably right. I mean, I'm sure I'm wrong, but there's a fish like it. It might not be the snakehead, but there's this. There's a video. Let me see if I can pull it up on YouTube. It's a BBC Congo, and uh, I've talked about it before. It's really a damn shame that this video isn't like one of those, um, you know, those Mother Earth or uh, Planet Earth DVD setups where they're they're super easy to get. Everybody knows about them, right? That's like if you want to see some cool shit on nature. Those, the Planet Earth series is is amazing. 
well, the the BBC one, the Congo one, really should be just as fascinating to people. It's really sad that uh, that for whatever reason that that video is hard to get a hold of. But in one of the scenes, there's this weird fish, probably similar to Snakehead, gets out of water and starts walking. <laughs> And you're like, I can't even believe this. It's, it just walks over to another puddle and then jumps in. You're like, yeah. you're like, I can't believe what I'm seeing. Like, this is a dinosaur. This fucking thing just did some dinosaur shit. Wow. I mean, we're literally seeing life evolve. That's that's what I mean. That's like the beginning of that, right? Mm-hmm. The ability to come out of that water yeah. and walk on the ground to better water. Holy shit! <laughs> <laughs> what a freaky fucking snake fish thing. Whatever it is. What do they call a snake fish? I don't know. I wonder what it's called in the Congo. Snake, snakehead fish? Um, the Congo is apparently like one of the densest, densest rainforests in the world. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck that, that fish is called. I guess it's not a snakehead. It's something else. But um, if you get a chance to get a hold of that documentary, I think it's just called BBC Congo. Let me Google it real, real quick. I think that's what it was called. There's something coming up for Mystery Fish of the Congo, but the video won't play. And... Well, there was also those ones that uh, – you ever watch that uh, show um, River Monsters? Yeah. That guy is badass. <laughs> that guy's yeah, a, that's cool. He's a fishing motherfucker. That guy went out in a wooden canoe. I used to think nothing of that show. i say, oh, it's the guy fishing. What's yeah. the big deal? No. This guy fishes how the locals fish. He got in this wooden boat, okay, with – like a hundred hooks in it mm-hmm. and they were in this like tippity toppity but and they're dropping these lines in for giant catfish so at any point in time something could fucking grab one of those lines and right. pull those those fishing lines and who knows how many hooks are flying in that guy's direction and right. actually people have died from that like one of the people in this tribe died from that he got caught in a hook and dragged underwater like that guy is legit wow. and this is the other thing that he said while he was there they're, um one of the the people, one of the main people in their tribe, the chief, mm-hmm. disappeared. He was gone for a whole day. And they were seriously worried. And because they believe in bad spirits and bad omens, they, they believe that he had caused the chief to disappear. And if the chief didn't come back, they were planning on killing him. They were going to stone him to death. And wow. thankfully, the chief came back, and everybody was elated because, like, but he was like, "You don't understand how close I came to dying." Like they, they would have tried to kill him because they felt like he was a bad omen, and he created. Even if he didn't actively do anything to the chief, he created the bad luck that made the chief disappear. Here's your fucking canoe, motherfucker. Remember that joke? What's that from? That joke. It was a stupid joke, but remember, <laughs> a guy uh, is captured by these savages, and they're gonna eat him. Right, and he said, uh, "I'm, I'm going to butcher the joke, but I just love the punchline." And he goes, well, "What are you going to do with your skin?" And they go, "We're going to make a canoe out of it." And he grabs a knife. He goes, "Here's your fucking canoe." He just punched holes himself. himself. Yeah. Oh God, that's harsh. It's a joke. That's a tough joke. That's a tough joke. I come from a tough neighborhood, Joe. Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. It's a known fact that ninety percent of all queers come from your town. <laughs> Oh, you got me there. There's no retort to that. Oh, the best one is only two types of things that come from Oklahoma, steers and queers. <laughs> Somebody was the first guy to say that. I believe it's somebody. Just queers anymore. 
Uh, the guys that still live there. Yeah. Still live there. You ain't nothing but a fucking well, you can't, boy. you can't call them faggot no more without starting a revolution. <laughs> Queer seems to roll off the tongue a tad easier. You sound like the mean Larry the Cable Guy. The mean Larry the Cable Guy. <laughs> Larry Dice Cable Guy. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. You Mexicans going to go ahead and suck my dick real quick. <laughs> Here's how bad my taste is. Here's how bad a manager or agent I would be. Dan Whitney's his name, right? Larry yeah. Cable. Great guy. Great fucking Yeah, guy. he's a great guy. I've met Homeboy. I was trying to... Talk him out of the Larry the Cable Guy oh, thing. Oh, no, you weren't. I was basically trying to talk him out of a life of a billion dollars. Oh, my goodness. I said, I said Dan, I, I love you. Know, this character's strong, but, you know, you, I like your old character better. Uh, I don't know, oh, Dom. It's geez. doing pretty well. Boy, were you fucking wrong. Bro. Oh, I know. <laughs> Boy, were you fucking wrong. All right, all right. I have to say it twice. For Jesus, Dom Herrera. Bad advice, Dama Rera. Now you're coming down on me, Joe. You're throwing Who, me to the wolf. Has, has a guy ever become like really good that you didn't see coming? Well, you saw him in the beginning and you're like, oh, this guy's fucked. Because we, we, you know. I'll tell you who became really good off. that was that I, I was more surprised because he was so shy. And uh, Brian Reagan. Oh, Brian Reagan's very funny. Yeah, man. but see, Brian, I knew him since the beginning. He was a like 19-year-old kid, 20-year-old. That was an MC, and he was just like gracious and deferring, and <laughs> not silly at all. Right. He was like a he was like a classic like Tonight Show stand up, right? But none of the you know the Haley the, you know the he's like all over the place. Yeah. The character, you know, he's fucking brilliantly funny. He just knows how to be funny. It, it's his style too. His yeah. like his style of being funny is so he's got un his own uniquely thing, yeah. Brian, Brian Regan. Yeah, he's like one of the. There's like a few guys, like maybe three or four guys that are like squeaky clean, but that everybody agrees are awesome. It used to be Hedberg before Hedberg died. Everybody loved Hedberg, but what people forget is that Hedberg was squeaky clean. Really, yeah, was, really, I loved Hedberg. Brilliant. He was brilliant. He he was a really an, an all time great for me. He's one of the few guys that else to this day. Um, li like listen to his old stuff, just to laugh. Yeah, you know, if I'm at the airport or something like that. I used to love. Uh, he was on. Remember Full Frontal Comedy? Yeah, he yeah, yeah, that. yeah, yeah. And uh, Hedberg was on. I remember one line he said, uh, "No matter how much I practice tennis, I'll never be as good as the wall." <laughs> yeah. <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> the wall is relentless. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, like he took like an old expression and made it a, a really funny bit. You know, playing tennis ball against the wall. Yeah. Look at this fucking guy. He's playing tennis ball against the wall. You're never going to win. He told me. I, he turned it into like one of the yeah. funniest bits ever. Fucking brilliant. I was just in his home, like, well, one of his towns, Austin, a yeah. weeks ago. He's from Minneapolis, isn't he? But I he believe was like, so. He did a lot of comedy in Texas. Because oh, I met him in Houston, but they really are big fans of his down there. Yeah. He was awesome, man. He was beautiful. That guy was really great, fucking funny. Great stand-up. Yeah. It was really fucking funny. One time he offered me coke at a <laughs> at a uh, party in Montreal, <laughs> and he's such a nice kid. You know, I go, I, I said, uh, Mitch, I don't do coke. He goes, oh, Tom, I'm sorry. I go, sorry, You're fucking generous. That's basically like offering me a, a two hundred dollars sweater. <laughs> no, it's nice. Of you. It's generous. It's just that I don't happen to do it. I'm not. I'm not judging it. He came up to me in Rochester, New York. We we met for. Uh, and he was so proud that he was only drinking beer. You know, he wasn't doing drugs. He right. said, he said you know, I said, so basically you're bragging to me about only being an alcoholic. <laughs> he goes, yeah, kind of. 
there's a, such a giant difference between those drugs and all the other ones, the opiates and oh, all the yeah. other ones. Those are the, the I saw a commercial the other day for uh, some sort of clinic for opiate addiction. Just talking about you know how easy it is to get hooked and all the different people that are hooked and don't want to admit they're hooked. And it was just showing you the examples of you yeah. know. I would like to do it. I, <laughs> no, I would. I'm serious. I would love to do heroin. <sighs> If there was, you know, I mean, if there was, it wasn't so dangerous. Yeah. But I love the feeling because I don't want fucking, I don't want to be high. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to be like methed out or anything speedy, cocaine. Right. Yeah, that's scary. I, you already know, I don't even drink too much coffee, but fucking mellow is I like. I like to be nodding off, <laughs> throwing up. <laughs> <laughs> With a, a sense of music. All of a sudden, I think you're wearing a song. Uh, yeah, you just get to the root of things. Wouldn't you like to try heroin, though? <sighs> Wouldn't you like to know what the feeling is like? I don't trust myself. I don't trust that I wouldn't like it. Yeah. I don't trust that, I don't trust anything. This is my rule, and I don't tell anybody what to do ever. But that's not true. Why am I lying? <laughs> tell the do whole something world stupid, do. I'll, I'll tell you don't <laughs> do it. Um, I don't fuck with anything that's addictive. I don't fuck with anything that can get you. You know I don't even like coffee because coffee can get you. You're not and I take to the pot? no. Really? I take weeks off a of pot Do all the really? time. Yeah, 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 all the time. That's fucked up. The only time I um, I absolutely smoke pot. It used to be before jujitsu, but it's before isolation tank. I almost always do it before that, or before writing. A lot of times I do it before writing. It helps you. Yeah, yeah. I like to. It gets me in a nice groove. It helps me uh, re- release my current grasp on reality. I just think when you, when you get an opportunity to look at things from like oh, coffee doesn't do that. Coffee sort of inspires movement, inspires like me to act, me to have energy to yeah. start things off. But for me, the the best inspiration is like a mental inspiration, like an inspiration where I, I can step away from it all and see it from a different perspective. So that's what a lot of times what getting high does for me. It allows me to just like move over to the next window. You know, I've been looking at things through the right. window of sober, sustained reality. Let's move over and look at things from the, oh, look at over here. What if you're kind of high and you relax a little bit, you realize this is kind of funny, really. <laughs> and then you start poking holes at things. instead right. of. I don't get funnier at all with alcohol. I That's the only thing I ever do. But I, it, one martini will get me funny. Yeah? Two martinis, not, not so funny. funny. <laughs> It's really a big difference. I mean, it's really a big, it really, it, it, conf- oh. it just slows me down enough where I don't feel that fucking, you know, and keep yeah. it, bah, bah, bah. oh, know, yeah, yeah. And, and one I can do. One is, yeah, like a little bit of a buzz, like a tiny little bit of a buzz. It's kind of nice for you. I don't get stage. nervous. Do you get nervous at all? No. I get, um, the only time I get anxious at all is if someone I know is going to be there, like me, but that makes me, like, usually perform better. Yeah. I'll, you know, I'll be a little bit sharper. I'll try. I'll be a little bit more alert, which is everything, right? Comedy clubs, I don't get that. I mean, a theater sometimes, 2,000 people is a lot for me. It's weird. It's a different yeah. sort of experience. Yeah, I did a trap in Atlantic City, and it's the only 2,000-seater that I do that that has so much of a meaning for me. I've done them in Canada, I've done, but, like, my family's there. My friends are there. It's my home. And that's, right. that's a little fucking – that's where <laughs> I get a little bit, you know – yeah. I feel it in my stomach. It's a lot of fucking human beings standing in front lot. of 2,000 yeah, fucking human beings. It's a lot of material, beings. too. An hour and ten. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It's fun, though. There's no better gig on the planet. 
so fun. Yeah. I've done so many different things, but there's nothing like the comedy. Nothing like the stand-up. Nothing like the stand-up either as a, an audience member. Like, I like a lot of things. Yeah. You know, obviously I like uh, different sports and I like MMA and I, I like going to movies. But I like going to see a, a, a really great stand-up. I it's love fun, yeah. that. It's, it's fun so when you can fun. laugh and be, separate yourself from Yeah. I, I, the and other... do you get excited still? I like When I see someone who's really good, I want to go right. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah, 100%. I was at the Laugh Factory the other night. And it's funny because it was the comedy store first, and I didn't feel like I, – I, I canceled Friday. I never canceled. I was just beat. I, I, like, right. And I said – and Bill Burr said something that I've been thinking. He goes, I just don't have anything to say tonight. I don't feel <laughs> funny. I don't feel it going on. And I thought, thank God. You know, it's not it's, – here's Bill saying it. You know, somebody I respect so much. And I, I was fine at the comedy store, but by the time I got to the Laugh Factory, I was juiced. Right. I was ready to go. Yeah. And I loved it because it was, I'm seeing all these college students laughing at me. And, you know, it's this very young crowd. And there was four 20-year-old girls right in the front. And I go, when would I ever get a chance to talk to you? <laughs> I said, when? I'm, I'm like three feet away from you, four 20-year-olds. I said, you and, go, and you have to listen. If I came up to you at a bar, you go, get lost, pops, you know, before I report you to the manager. And That's it was, funny. Yeah, it's fun, man. Yeah. But I'm still driven by that, that that ego with showing off in front of pretty girls. Is really that, that – that, how much of a factor is that in your, of your it, stand It's a factor. It's, I mean, I get a kick out of it. Right. I get a kick out of making them laugh and, you know – I mean, yeah. you know, also like tough guys, something, if I can crack like a, a guy who looks like a gang member, I, you know, I see him at the fucking, just got the whole gang member Dodger jacket. So you just like little challenges. Yeah, like yeah. That. Yeah. Yeah. That's part of the fun of it for sure. I just think it's amazing when you can translate to other groups, you know? I mean, let's face it. If I was fucking stuck with Goombas my age, I'd be dead in the water. Mm-hmm. You have to translate. You have to go across generations. I've, my favorite is old ladies that laugh at me. Isn't that great? It's my favorite. And then you yeah. see them fucking crying. Yeah. Like if you see like a girl, like sometimes like a college kid will come over to her grandmother. Uh-huh. And you see them both <laughs> laughing at a jizz joke. You know, the first time in her life that, you know. So you'd be amazed. I mean, especially because the old ladies today, they're like, you know, they were around in the 70s and the, yeah, the yeah. 80s, you know. Right. And now they're in the 60s and 70s. They're uh-huh. coming out to comedy clubs. Like they have... Pretty goddamn good sense of humor. Yeah, right. They didn't grow up in an innocent. In the they depression. Up- they didn't grow up in the depression. That's yeah. the difference between you know our parents' parents right. and, and these people that are coming up today. Yeah. It's a, this is a more relaxed bunch. They grew up with Jimi Hendrix. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's, I, I've, I've had a lot of like older gray-haired folks come up to me after shows. and Isn't that it's, great? it's beautiful. Yeah, it's awesome. See, this is no reason to not just enjoy yourself and have fun. Like, oh, this is like... We have a lot of self-imposed restrictions on the way we view things and the yeah. looseness in which we approach things. And a lot of it is just because people have to work. You know, they have to be serious because they have to work all right. day, shitty fucking jobs all day. And it's hard. It's hard to it's hard to really, like, have time to step back and make fun of it all and step back and look at it for what it really is. Some weird temporary state that could end at any minute. Yeah. You know, it's got to be a, a weird thing. To be a person who's an old person is just locked and rigid and set in their ways and not seeing the end coming like a goddamn freight train just yeah. rolling down the track. And they're just – Don't be getting philosophical with me, Rogan. Acting cunty and yeah. fucking I know, missing what a waste all. of fucking energy in life. We know a lot of folks like that though, huh? I think it's funny the guys who won't talk 
You know, don't they don't talk a certain way in front of women, and yet they have no idea that the group of women are fucking pigs, pigs talking about fucking sucking uh, cock and all this shit. Uh, yeah, there's some guys that are just there's they don't get the it. Boys club guys. Some guys don't want to know either. There's, there's some guys that don't want to know that women you know, like some guys want like really innocent. Women it's that a fantasy. Never joke around Women that don't even that. exist. Well, maybe they just want to find that one girl from Wisconsin who came here and hasn't been spoiled yet, Tom Herrera. Yeah. You ever think about that, pal? Yeah, I did. All right. Okay. Okay. Don't jump down. Don't get head. fresh. Did you ever hear the? Whatever happened to fresh? Joe, don't give me the business. <laughs> you give me the business. Whatever happened to fresh? I think we should bring that back. Like, don't get fresh. <laughs> I think. That is a nice thing that you can say to people. Jamie today is on the podcast. He wants oh, to be, Christ. Why do you he, let him on the podcast, first of all? I, I thought that, it, he wanted to come. Frazier Smith was on. You're a beautiful man, but that's a terrible idea. I, he, he, was, he was doing a filibuster. He, I said, you Jamie did? He, would tell, he was telling the guests to shut up. Buddy, listen to me. I've been running La Factory since 1975. <laughs> I work. I work for <laughs> Hold On, Buddy. He kept saying to Frazier, shut up. I said, you can't have a guest on and tell him to shut up. He's a fucking guest. He was brutal. So many people, that podcast I did with you and him, they were like, please don't ever bring him on again. <laughs> it was like the majority of the comments was like, who the fuck is that guy and why is he on with Joe and Dom? I told you what they said, too. They go, we think you're Not the majority. I made that up. We think you're funny, but you got to lose the little Mexican. They're calling him a little Mexican. Why, why are you blaming this on Mexicans? He's, he's Iranian Jewish. Yeah, through Israel, but what a fucking character. That is being really shitty at being racist. Thinking he's Mexican, it's like you're a racist, you just suck at it. You even suck at being a racist. What do you do with the fucking Mexican? Like, <laughs> like as if he yeah, looks right. even, buddy, listen to me. When I, I was in small country a long time ago... <laughs> Yeah, that sounds exactly <laughs> like a Mexican. I hear, buddy, listen to me. Listen, Damarera been working La Factory since 1976. Every year was he, sooner. he gets younger when he yes. came over here. Buddy, listen, I was six years old. I, I started was toddler. My own business. I came on by myself. Buddy, <laughs> I bring microphone. I sneak them in my underwear <laughs> as I come to America. That's silly bitch. Those buddy, hey, he's still kicking, man. Still out there oh, supporting stand-up. If it wasn't for guys like him, uh, people that own comedy clubs, they're all crazy. But you have to be crazy to own a comedy club. He loves it. You know, he uh, loves comedy and he loves the... There's a few people that, like, um, they drive comedy in yeah. in this country. You know, Wendy from Colorado, from oh, uh, Comedy great. Works? She's she great. drives comedy in Colorado. What a story. She was yeah. a waitress. She ends up owning the club. She's awesome. She's a yeah, beautiful she person, is. too. But she drives comedy in Colorado. Like, she was one of the reasons why, like, when I wanted to escape, it was Project Escape from L.A., when I was looking at a place to go, Colorado was one of my choices. Uh -huh. And one of the reasons being is that she has, like, a real comedy scene there. It's, like, a legit comedy she scene. Great she's got Yeah, she's got open micers all the way up to headliners, like, local headliners. Mm -hmm. And she works those guys like she has like a whole like rotation and you yeah. know this you're allowed to do ten minutes and here you're allowed to do fifteen minutes and she develops comics she has open mic nights you know mm -hmm. a lot of people forgot about open mic nights yeah Jamie still has them it's beautiful you have to have them yeah you have to have them they're so important it's the problem is a place like L A where everybody thinks they're fucking funny yeah you know. Which everybody sucks in the beginning, but some people suck to the point of no return. You didn't, did you? You didn't suck at the beginning. Did Fuck you? yeah, I did. It was terrible. I didn't. You were awesome? No, I wouldn't say I was awesome, but I think I didn't suck because I was already over my nerves because of acting. 
Oh, okay. You know, I mean, I didn't, I didn't have much of an act, but I don't think I, I think I always could bail myself out. I don't want to sound like a jerk off and say it didn't suck, no. but I'm sure I would think I sucked. But I don't. I'm not that the big a fan of mine today. So I was very socially anxious before I did stand up, but I also was able to teach martial arts classes, and uh, because I had taught so many martial arts classes, um, I had like a little bit less fear of talking than right. I probably should have so had. Sure, you, at least you're. Doing public speaking. Yeah, I I had conducted a class. I did many classes. You know, that's what I was doing for a living. How far did you go in martial arts, Joe? When I was 19, I was teaching um, Taekwondo at Boston University. I was black belt. When oh. I was uh, in Taekwondo, I was black belt, I think, when I was 16 or 17. So probably 17, somewhere around there. And uh, I won the Massachusetts State Championship like four years in no a while. Kidding. Yeah, I won it's a so couple good. other. So good for your head too. Yeah. So well, not really. If you get hit, no, I mean <laughs> the emotional head. <clears throat> well, it was for me. For me at the time, it was big. But the the teaching, it was um, really satisfying. Watching people learn things. That's when I I learned. Uh, I, I really love uh, sharing things, and I also learned that in sharing um, like teaching techniques with people, I really concentrated on my own techniques. Like uh, I think a lot of my kicks and a lot of my movements got even sharper because I was teaching them to people. Like I was breaking them down, right. showing them how to do them from scratch. And then I had like a few people. There was this one girl that I uh, trained. She came in as a white belt, and then she got all the way up to uh, – I don't want anybody to get mad at me, but I believe it was yellow, green, blue, red, black. I think that was a, the thing. And she got up to blue, which was uh, pretty you know, pretty high yeah. and um, means you're starting to compete against people that are you – know, they're dangerous. They can kick you in the face. Mm-hmm. You, you could get crazy. And she won this tournament, and I was coaching her. So I coached her from the time she was a white belt all the way to the time she was like a blue oh, belt. Oh, that's cool. That's oh, it was amazing. Yeah, it was amazing. And yeah. she was a young kid. She was in high school, and uh, she was uh, she was really talented. She just knew how to listen. She knew how to listen, and she knew how to do yeah. like what I what I explained. She could like, and she was like super focused. It was really interesting teaching someone something and seeing something like someone completely dive into yeah. uh, something that you, you you appreciate and watching them get better at it. So rewarding to be able to pass that on. I, I, I always used to remember like my instructor um, when like there was guys that were like, really good in the class and they, they did something really good, you know, whether it was a sparring demonstration or whether they, uh, you know, did a drill on the bag or something like that. He had this beam of joy in his eye when he saw you do it really well. Like, you know, like when you really did, yes, that's it. He would get excited and like that, like you could see this, like I didn't understand it then. But when I started teaching, I realized like you're like taking part in someone's joy by helping them create something, by helping them create these movements and figuring out how to do these movements correctly. That it's not just like learning how to kick. It's like it's like tapping into this this area where you have control over the whole package, even for just a brief moment. Yeah. And he doing that, like there was a, there's a phrase that they had from the Taekwondo uh, brochure when you signed up that I um, I never forget. It said that it was a vehicle for developing your human potential. So like that's that's how I thought wow. of it, and that's how I like would teach it. So when you were teaching that, you like. It's like I had an opportunity. I always felt like I had an opportunity to show somebody something that can change their life. You know, I'll show show yeah. you what changed my life. I'll show it to you, and you right. can do it too, and it'll change your life too. You you, you will literally become a different person. You know, yeah. I taught fourth grade, and 
Uh, now those kids are grown-ups. Wow. And that's really cool because some, some of them told me it was the best year of their lives. They come to see me do stand-up. Oh, that's amazing. It's very cool. What were you teaching? What, what? Fourth grade, taught, you know, everything. But oh, fourth grade is like different math, than, science, everything? I mean, yeah, it's different than what you did because you went to some people who had like an interest and a love for something and wanted to explore it, yeah. what you were doing. But mine is different. They had to be there. So right. I, I, my thing was self, about self-esteem. I figure I can't teach. You know, these subjects are going to come and go in their lives, but teaching them self-esteem and some of the most rewarding things were like uh, I had this one kid. He was real shy. He was so shy. He was real tall, and he was embarrassed by it. And he would stay in the cl- in the cloak room, cloak room they'd call it, uh, you know, with all the coats, and he'd just stay in there. He wouldn't come out. I go Sky. We used to call him Sky King because he was a space cadet. I go Sky. You got to come out. You can't stay. I can't let a kid just sit and you know. And his, by the end of me just, like, working his his self-esteem and all, he was in the middle of the class just with everybody else waving his hand. And, <laughs> and his mother came up to me, and she was, like, really touched by it and told me that I changed his life. Wow. And, you know, that kind of shit's cool. And now I got, like, a couple of the girls come to see me. And she goes – one of the girls goes – uh, Mr. Herrera, why did you let us do so much stuff? You know, like uh, I said, because you were smarter than me. I said, she, what do you mean? I said, look, you know, I was, I had more knowledge because I was an adult, but you know, you kids, a lot of you have more brain power than me. I, I know. I wasn't dumb. I was smart enough to know that I wasn't. That's why you ran the class. You know what I mean? So I, you were an easy teacher. That's what you're trying oh, to say. Oh, really easy. <laughs> I told them at the beginning of the year, I said, look, I want this to be the most fun year of your life. Only you wow. can mess it up. I what said, a fucking awesome opportunity yeah. that must have been. And I said, I want to go to the gym. This is when I was playing basketball. I said, I want to go to the gym more than you do. So, the re, you know, we're going to have a party every Friday afternoon. I would have, we'd have like kids that would do break dancing and stuff. And Really? Yeah. It was, was That's you know, awesome. Yeah, it was great. Did you ever try to pitch that as a sitcom? Uh, no, but somebody else had an idea for a couple times. With, that would be a hilarious sitcom. That seems like a natural. Yeah. You as a as a, a funny teacher because you really did it. It's legit. And if you really stop and think about it, that would be like for a kid. That's like one of the greatest rolls of the dice a kid can get for their fourth grade teacher. Yeah, I had a girl. Yeah, Dom Herrera for your fourth grade teacher. She still calls me Mister Herrera. She's twenty six <laughs> years old, right? Twenty six, twenty seven, whatever. Uh, and she calls me Mister Herrera, right? And I go, uh, Teresa. First of all, you're taller than me. She's hot blonde. I go, stop with the Mr. You can call me Dom. She goes, I just can't call you Dom. Isn't that funny? Like she's got she's got me down as Mr. Herrera. That's good. That, that'll keep you from being a dirty bird. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, hey. stay away, Dom. You've known her <laughs> since she's a little girl. Let her whoa. talk. Call you Mr. Herrera. She's trying to establish boundaries. Somebody said, why do you go out so, girls so young? I go, because I can. Come on. <laughs> bum, bum. Oh, jeez. Oh, is this thing on? Is this on? Is the sound system working in here? Hello? That was one of my favorite bits of yours. Ooh, ah, not, I mean, it wasn't even like a, it was like almost like an interstitial. It would like do it. it. So Sometimes you throw it in between yeah. jokes that kill. Hello, come on, folks. Give a little. Get off your high horses. Even jokes that were killing, you would throw that in yeah, there. Yeah. <laughs> you remember Nathan Lane? Nathan Lane. He's an actor. Yes. Wasn't he, he in like a musical? Yeah, there have been a bunch of them. He's, he's great. He's, he lives in New York. He was in the producer's. I should he know was in La Caja Fall. But anyway, he used to give me – he used to, had a great, his great memory. And he would, I would do that Fritzy Anderson character and he would remember shit. He goes, get off your high horses because I would go, get off your high horses. Come down up your exalted mountains. Retreat from your petite plateaus. Come on, folks. Ooh, ah, ooh. And it was just so much fun to do because it was so physical right. and, and loud. It was like we used to kill my voice. 
What do you call a dog with no legs? Nothing, no matter what you call him, he ain't coming. <laughs> Where did I lose you? you... <laughs> Hello? Yeah, having characters that you can just bring back like that is always fun, too. Oh, that was a fun character. It was just like, all it was was a, a conglomeration of every lounge mountain comedian I've ever seen. You know, like the, the sappy songs. I write the jokes to make the whole world smile. Ooh. You know, that kind of guy. <laughs> I had a, a nightmare last night, I guess it was last night, that I bombed on stage in a, a hell gig in Long Island. Wow. Very specific. Oh, God. Because Long Island uh, w- was uh, – I did a lot of hell gigs in Long Island. Did so, you really? Pff, yeah. Yeah. You, but so, you, you've done brokerage were, and governors in those. Yeah, yeah. Good, I did the nice so, places yeah, too. Yeah. But I also did Fast Eddie's in Huntington. I didn't know that. Yeah, that was uh, – <laughs> that was when I, my manager uh, – I got my manager convinced to let me uh, be dirty. Because Jeff? It, Jeff. Jeff, initially Jeff was, been with Jeff a long time. Yeah, from the beginning. He picked me up when I was a scrub. He picked me up wow. when I was an open micer. We've been together forever. He's the best. He is the best. I, but I love him too. He's he's my friend. You know, he's yeah. not just a manager. He's the best oh. manager, and I love him. Yeah. But uh, in the beginning, you know, we were still trying to figure it out. I was only like twenty something years old. I didn't know shit, and like maybe you should be clean. Like that was back in the day where everybody should be clean. You know, and I'd done some clean sets too. Like he asked me to do one. I think I, he asked me to do one clean set for him. So I did a clean set at like Catch a Rising Star. But then we went to. Um, um, uh, the the place that was way out was it East Side? Yeah, East Side Comedy Club. Went out. I did a set out there, and then we did a set at this Fast Eddie's place. And this Fast Eddie's place was a dive. And there was a dude named George Gallo. I don't know if you remember him. No. But he was on stage, and he a real physical act. And he was doing this thing where he would do a reverse shit with a banana. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, the reverse was, shit. Was, I guess he would, like, put the banana, like, fully formed on his lips and then suck it back into his mouth or something like that. And he called it a reverse shit with a banana. He was, and so Jeff, I'll never forget, he looks over at me and he goes, you don't have to do this. I'm going to get you out of this. Uh, and I go, no, 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 no. <laughs> I told him, I go, these are my people. I go, trust me, we're going to be fine here. I know how to make these people laugh. Uh-huh. And so I went up and did my hell gig material, you know, because I did so many hell gigs. That's when already. you started being dirty again? Well, it was when he he was convinced. He gave in watching that one set in this crazy nightclub. Like, it was the end of discussion whether or not it should be clean. He goes, okay, we just got to concentrate on just go all dirty. Is that what he said? <laughs> yeah. He's the best. Having a guy like that... Uh, as a manager, it just takes all the worry out of like career and yeah, yeah. handling things, you know, like you got a relationship like that with a guy, you love the guy like family and yeah. he's also your manager. It really alleviates so much, you know, he's the best, he's the best. So Chandra, they're the best, but I just got so lucky that I met them. You know, there's a lot of kooky faces out there, man. Yeah. A lot of crazy fucking people in show business. I mean, how many Looney Tunes managers have we met? How many people off the deep end? How many oh, yeah. people that fucking swindle people and wind up stealing money or owing money or embroiled in controversy every other oh, year? Yeah, and Lenny Clark got fucked. Oh, away. he Remember got fucked that? hard. So did uh, so did Jerry Seinfeld. He got fucked yeah, in right. that as well. Yeah, that's a lot of guys did. Some agent stole hundreds of thousands I know of dollars. Who it is. I know. Oh, I'm not gonna dirty, him dirty sacks of shit. Yeah, <laughs> it's a funny business wearing Tom Herrera. You and I have known each other for a long fucking time now. Yes, me brother. Twenty years, twenty years of nine ball too. 
You'd think I'd be a little better. A lot of fucking pool, Dom Herrera. Really need There's to a lot of pool. Concentrate on your stroke. Are we still going to shoot tonight? Fuck yeah, bitch. Come on, son. I got, the I night got is two young. hours in me. That's all. That's all you need. Two hours is the. Per, that's two. what the doctor ordered, son. I gotta. I gotta. Make, I gotta tell you now, Joe. Dom Herrera, relax over here. Um, Dom Herrera, where can the folks see you next? I'll be at the Improv in Atlanta. Thir- this Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then the following. I didn't even know the Atlanta that they had an Improv yeah, in Atlanta. Yeah, it's nice. They is this new? Pretty new. Yeah. Wow. You want to uh, hear how I got the gig? Which how did funny. you get the gig? I was doing a a benefit. For uh, animals, it was for Alan Havy and for animal shelters. Alan Havy, and I wow. didn't even know what it was. I just went in because it was Alan, and I said, "I thought maybe Alan needed money." And then they go, "No, it's for dogs and cats." I go, "Fuck dogs and cats." I'm kidding, Whoa. you know. But uh, anyway, so then I get a call the next day, and I've been wanting to go to Atlanta, and uh, Bud Friedman called, and my agent, isn't that funny? Oh, Bud Friedman's opening this joint. Well, he's booking it, yeah. Oh, that's funny. Wow, I didn't know Bud booked things anymore. Yeah, I he thought does. He, had, he, he does thought like he'd... Reno and Tahoe and a couple oh, things. Oh, he had like had something at the Improv a couple of years ago where he was like officially retiring. But he always does. Yeah, you know what it is? It's probably too fun for him. Yeah. This guy's been in the fucking business his whole life. Yeah, you know, yeah he can't give up. I mean, he comedy. loves getting up and, and yeah, saying he hello. He does. And, and you know what? And comedy's a great fucking thing to still be a part of. It's a fun thing to still be a part of. Yeah, it is. And I'm at Cleveland the following week. I'll tell you hilarities. Then I'll be in Kilkenny. If you're a stand-up comedy fan, I don't think there's ever been more funny guys around than now. I don't think so either. I think it's one of the I best agree. times ever. This, this, yeah, there's so many good people. Yeah. Men, women. There's so many. There's so many funny chicks. I think there's more funny chicks now than ever before. Yeah. Ever before. Yeah, I know. I, I, I think was at Sarah Silverman the other night, man. She fucking. She's hilarious. Me. Just hilarious. her and Beautiful Amy Schumer. Too. I think they rank up with the funniest chicks of all time. I don't know Amy's work. I Bonnie McFarland does as well. She's yeah. fucking hilarious. Yeah. She's hilarious. She's very smart. You know, she's a very smart person. She sees things. She points out things, and you, you know, you, they make sense. Right. You go with it. It's good. Well, it's great stuff. Oh, hilarious! Richie Voss. Yeah. They, they. You ever heard the podcast? She gives me anxiety. She tortures him. Does she really? She tortures him. <laughs> it hurts my feelings. <laughs> I'm like, Rich, just shut, just shut the fuck up, just please, Rich. Well, she's hotter. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. And smarter. Than yeah. Him. I'm just saying. <laughs> Yeah, that's a funny. That's a funny podcast. The be- the best comedy couple by far is uh, Segura and Christina Pazitsky. Christina Pazitsky. You don't know her? I think I Tom do. Segura's wife, dude. That chick is fucking funny. Yeah, we did one of Sam Tripoli's shows. You know, Sam Tripoli has right. that naughty show, and Sam Tripoli's naughty shows. If you've never seen him, he does these shows at the Improv, and uh, they're not just comedy. There's like all kinds of craziness to it. There's porn like stars and yeah, stuff, right? porn stars. And they were like they played some thing where uh, if the guy got the question wrong, the porn star beat him with a belt. So. This chick is like beating this dude's ass with a belt, and everyone's screaming and going nuts. And then, boom! They bring Christina Pazitsky on stage, and is I she was. Not? She's very pretty, yeah. yeah, but she's not like a porn star looking chick. She's yeah, like yeah. a very pretty regular chick. Right, right. So um, she goes on stage, and by the way, don't ever ask me if my wife, my friend's wife, is hot. That's I didn't rude mean to as put fuck. You on the spot. I just but you did, you that. son of a bitch. Yeah, but you, you but she's you yeah, but it, she's very pretty. But you handled it well. He yeah, said she's pretty for a regular. Chick. So it wasn't right. like she was selling sex. She right. was just selling funny. You know, she was going up there and being funny. I mean, she she doesn't she dresses like you know like anybody. Nice ass. I wouldn't say it was a bad ass. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to be as respectful as possible, Mister Rare. With all due respect, 
Okay. And uh, anyway, she goes up there, and I'm thinking, man, I just meet her, right? And she's with she's with Tom, and I'm just like, you know, she seems so nice, and now for sure she's gonna go eat dick up there. It's gonna be terrible. How do you follow right, that? Right. The guy just beat a, a dude's ass with a belt, and everybody was screaming. How do you follow that? He took his pants down. So I, th- I want to say yes. I want to say yeah. at the very least, like his underwear was right, out. Right. Like he had his underwear on. They, they beat his ass with a belt. Like he got fucked up. That dude got hurt. Anyway, um, she crushes, crushes, just grabs it, makes fun of it, makes fun of the whole situation, relaxed, gets to the, gets to it on her own due time, just controlled the whole room like a pro. It's so nice when you see that, you know, yeah, when yeah. you're like, oh, she knows what she's doing. Because there's nothing worse yeah, than befriending someone uh, yeah. and then, you know, you've never seen them before. And you on those, yeah. like, those those weird uh, pop-in nights yeah. at the improv where, you know, like, a lot of times, like, on those Wednesday and Tuesday night shows, like, there's some, some of the people in the crowd will, will be supporting the guy who's on stage and they bring, like, ten people with them, right? Yeah. Well, so I you had, never know. I, I brought a girl uh, – I didn't bring her there, but she was she lives in Chicago and the Laugh Factory was is in Chicago – and I was doing it, and she asked me if she could do some time because her family's there. I never oh even saw God. her on stage. Oh, no. She's hot. Thank oh, God. No. She, not only did she bring her family, she brought a shitload of people. <sighs> and she did very well, and she's really hot. Wait a minute. She's good? I wouldn't say she's good, but, I mean, she's probably not like in Christine, Christina's class. Yeah, Christina Pazinski. But uh, she did very, very well. I mean, she's a newcomer. You know, she's really a, really green but, I mean, like, all, all it was was just, like, me going, yeah, you're hot. Fuck, yeah, do seven minutes. What do I care? You know who impressed me the most uh, doing, like, a pop-in set like that? Little Esther. Little oh, Esther in great. Chicago. Yeah. She did the Chicago Theater, Don. There was 3,400 people there, whatever wow. the fuck it seats. It's more than 3,000. I don't know how many it seats, but it's more than 3,000. Yeah. She destroyed. No kidding. Yeah, she's good. She was funny on the podcast, too. Yeah, there's so many funny fucking people today. This is crazy time. Crazy time to it be a It came back, comedian. you know? I mean... Fuck yeah, dude. Better, I think it's better than ever. Uh, yeah. I really do. Look, look, Kevin Hart, I mean, um, uh, think about uh, Brian Callen, Nick DiPaolo, I mean, uh, Jim Brewer, uh, Bill Burr. David Tell. David Tell, Dave Chappelle, Chris Rock, Louis C.K., um, uh, Tosh. Just stop right there. I mean, look at how many guys you're dealing with there. I mean, okay, yeah. Pat Oswald. You can't forget Pat Oswald. He's one of the best. Yeah. There's so many good guys right now, man. There's so many fucking good guys. You know who fucking makes me laugh, though, even though he's not a traditional stand-up? Who? Andy Kindler. Oh, he's hilarious. He fucking kills he, me. He is a traditional stand-up. He's just, well, you know he just I mean. makes fun of stand-up. He makes fun of his, <laughs> yeah. Like, he does so, he, when he bombs, he does better than when he's doing good. Yeah. You know, he's, he's the funniest bomber ever. He's awesome. Yeah, he's he's quite a character, that guy. Yeah, we we live in good times. This is great times for comedy. And, you know, the fact that everybody has a podcast now, I think is awesome. I just think it's one of the most amazing things ever that all these different people have something that connects to the act. You know, like you get to see the person, like instead of just seeing the jokes on stage, you get to see the unfiltered human being. You know, you get to see him fuck around with shit, yeah, yeah. talk about serious shit, talk about not so serious shit, bust balls, be silly. Maybe sell a little ting. Sell a little this, a little that. Is it wrong to bring up ting? A little ting. <laughs> if you go to rogan.ting.com, there's a little something in it for you. A little something in it for yourself. Okay? Squarespace.com. Go there too, you fucks. 
You fucking whore master. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm supposed to, like, uh, what is the Squarespace? Uh, Squarespace URL. Yeah, motherfucker. Yeah, Who is that from? Motherfucker. Uh, that was from uh, Billy Cr- no, Joey, uh, Pesci. Joey Pesci. from. Yeah, uh, motherfucker. You motherfucker. He told me that uh, Pesci came in to see his goddaughter at the Laugh Factory, and I, he thought I was going to go up. So he agreed to do my, my radio show. I had a radio show there at the time, two years ago. <coughs> Excuse me. And uh, he goes, I says, I'm not going on. I'm tired. He goes, well, if you're not going on, I'm not fucking doing your podcast. I said, you're right. Don't do it. He goes, that goes down. I go to this fucking uh, Italian restaurant in Vegas. Your picture's in the fucking urinal. I'm looking at you. I feel like a fucking fag. Looking at you when I'm taking a piss. That's a joke. Pesci said, or is this a joke? No, that's what he said. Really? Joe, thought he was a fag. Don't do jokes. He said he felt like he was a fag. You should just pulled your cock out and see what happens next. Could you imagine if Joe Pesci just started <laughs> mowing down on your cock? No, I can't. Even if you're, you know, obviously you're not gay, but even if you, just for the experience is what I'm saying. That's a good point. I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> Let's keep that in mind the next time we see him. If he brings it up again. Well, I was trying to figure out why he was telling you that. Well, because my picture was up above the urinal. Because he loves you. He does. Yeah, he had his cock in his hand. Pass it around. And he just, it was so memorable. He had to bring it up. Why'd you have to fucking say that for? Squarespace.com forward slash Joe. Use the code Joe5. Save yourself some money. And uh, thank you to Onnit.com. O N N I T. Use the code name Rogan. Save 10% off any and all supplements. Dominic motherfucking Irera Esquire. Thank Joe you, sir. Thank you're, the, you. you're the fucking man. I am proud to be a friend, my friend. I'm, I'm honored. Right and back at you. It's been a lot of fun and joy over the 20 years of knowing you. We've had a lot of good times, my friend. Oh, yeah. And we plan on having more. Yeah, that more coming. All right, you fucks. Uh, powerful Dan Hardy will be here Wednesday. It'll be an early podcast. Uh, 11 a.m. on uh, Pacific Time for Powerful Dan Hardy. And then uh, there will also be one on Thursday. And I'll let you know who's going to be on that. All right, you fucks. We love the shit out of you. Appreciate you all, and uh, and mad love to you. Mwah. Big kisses. Thanks, Joe.